Are we fired, Josh? Yeah, we're recording now. So, Josh, pack your bags, dude. You're fired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it, dude. Hell Hi, yeah. guys. Welcome to episode Hello. 126 of You Watch, I Listen. Um, Josh, the engineer, is running late, and he by j- being called Josh the engineer, that means that he uh, he's the engineer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he does, really? You don't he does, say. He does all the, the X's and O's, the, uh, the audio stuff, and it used to be that I did all of it. And then Josh was like, no, no, I can do it. He has a nice MacBook. So now he said he's running late. Um, he wanted to start at 730. Unfortunately, Taylor's got a 40-minute drive home. Yeah, uh, Josh also has a 40-minute drive home, to be fair here. But um, I have shit to do. Um, I try not to. It's not fair to the landlord that um, she's, you know, with their, our fucking annoying dog all that time. Facts. Um, especially after being, being with her most of the time when I'm getting home yeah. from work. So, you know, we got shit to do. I mean, she um, hangs out with us for about like a yeah, good but, half the show, but, but still, like, still for, majority, a puppy. for majority of the day. Yeah, she's still a puppy. So, so she, she's not even a year old yet, right? No, no. She's nine months. Nine months. Um, so we're getting old, dude. We decided to do, start out on our own. We did not tell Josh that when he gets here, he's going to be like, oh, <laughs> I should have just gone home and watched Endgame. He's like, oh, I got to sit. Taylor's yeah. chair probably smells like ass. It probably does, dude. More than likely. It, most likely. I mean, I also sat on that chair a lot, too, and I often smell like ass. Well, I mean, I'm sitting in your chair currently, and what do you do the majority of the time throughout the show? I you shit, rip ass. I, I shit and farted. I shitted and farted. <laughs> um, so this is episode 126 of You Watch, I Listen. No cold open today. No no uh, music. Um, right, we're actually we're going old school. We're going back like episode thirty. Yeah, this when is, we did this shit is like this. I, by the way, I looked it up for you to put your top ten movies together. 134. You, uh, yeah, correct. Good, good work. Um... This is a special episode. Um, at the time of this recording, it is Tuesday, November 3rd. Um, by the time you're listening to this, that means that uh, the election has happened. It doesn't mean that we have a winner yet. Um, who knows when we'll actually have a winner, but the election will have happened. This is our election night coverage, and by election night coverage, I mean we are not going to fucking talk politics at all. Yeah, good. We're not going to talk who we voted for, who we want to win, who we think will win. What I will say... To start this out, and if there has been a winner decided by then, that I hope everyone in this country can realize that you're all Americans. Um, It doesn't matter left, right, you know, Democrat, Republican, um, Libertarian, Independent, whatever you want to call yourself. Take your loss like a man. Or just take your loss civilly. Take your loss like a human. Take your loss like a human, like a decent person. Yes. Take your win like a decent person. This isn't sports teams where you can fucking gloat after beating your division rival. Congrats to the Broncos, Taylor. Thank um, fucking God. You know, there, there's been a real lack of civility in this country over... I won't even say the last four years. It's been since... It's, si- it's been since, a while. Since we the, the, the first, like, four years after 9-11... When people started to get fed up with what was happening in Iraq, yeah, and much, it's yeah. it's and it's just gotten increasingly worse. It got bad under Obama. It got worse under Trump. And you know we need to get back to just realizing that just because someone doesn't like the same candidate as you doesn't mean they're a horrendous person. That's not to say that some of them aren't so, horrendous people well, on both sides. So I I am seeing that, and this is as far politically as we will both as we both like to go on the show. Yeah. Um. You know I've seen a lot on Twitter. You know, um, internet influencers, which I can't believe is still a fucking thing. It ain't Pe- going anywhere. Yeah. Right. Well, people online hey, it won and the shit presidency like that. in 2016. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> well, like people online saying that they've cut ties with close friends of family years members because of which way they lean. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is such a disingenuous thing. I think it's the wrong decision to make because you are feeding into hate. Yeah. And just because... So we we already, as a a country, have a problem with agreeing with people. And we've had our entire... uh, The entire existence of our country. There's no such thing as agree to disagree anymore. Never. I I mean, if you look... I mean, we we can sit here all night and and debate how the the formation of the country when really the formation of the country was a bunch of white... uh, Land-owning white dudes who didn't want to pay taxes. Sure. Guess what? It's pretty much the same fucking thing that 
extinct over 200 yeah, years and, later. But my whole thing is uh, people who take out, you know, people who take certain sentences and statements out of context and want to make everything a political statement sure. or make everything an, uh, like, you know, think they know everything about the economy and of course. what the fuck's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I have, I, listen, I have my values and I have my own opinions and Absolutely. thoughts. Absolutely. Dan has his own opinions and thoughts, which we actually discussed before we before yeah. the show. Yeah, And maybe because me and him are very good friends, but we have a mutual respect for each other. Yeah, and even on the things even we don't agree. Even though it sounds like we don't. Even though, and even you know, on things we disagree on, we can understand where you're coming from. Correct. And, Often we will come to agreements on things like you know what that's a good point. Well, so then, or, I, well as far as the context of the conversation we had just like three days ago, sure. We you know we we the three of us me me you and Josh really came to a universal understanding over a certain topic. I don't want to get into what the yeah topic no not was, worth it. But we like the three of us, which I believe people should. I'm not saying listen, we're we're, we're the poster childs of fucking like learning no, and and actually discussing things. But we're, I, we're also dummies. We're, listen, we we are like it, like we are the we are the human equivalent of like politics for dummy books. Yeah, yeah, correct. You know what I'm saying? But my whole point is, the three of us will sit down and we'll talk and we'll have a legit conversation as intelligible as intelligent as we try to make ourselves sound. You know, sure. And we and the three of us will come to a mutual understanding. We've and, never and I, wanted any of us had like an adamant like argument about things even when we've disagreed and that's what's being lost here is that now I, I do the point you made about like cutting ties with friends because of who they're voting for listen it, it comes down to personal choices I think that's ridiculous it's one thing if they're saying they're they're voting for someone because they hate this group of people if it's if it's straight up hate fucking cut ties with them because you don't need that negativity in your life anyway so but if there, there's plenty of people that will vote one way because they don't really follow it. And if they're not being outright aggressive with their political views and they just said, well, I voted for this guy because it helps my portfolio, then fine. If they're not being aggressive with their fucking their opinions on it, I don't give a shit. Yeah. So, I, I, again, just two little quick stories. One, uh, I went fishing over the weekend, which was it was fucking freezing. How much it, did you catch? Nothing. Okay, good. That's, I, I, that's what's I, it, three I, weeks in a row? I pretty much caught a cold. Oh, cool. And, uh, you know, it. Uh, I went fishing with all these people. And one of the guys uh, puts on the mast a Trump flag. Okay. Right? He, a, oh, big, a big Trump flag. I have no issue with it. If that's what you want to do, it's your property, bro. It's not my boat. Yeah. I have nothing to say. I'm here to fish. Yeah. So we're taking pictures. You know, we're having a good time. And then the guy takes a picture, you know, and he puts the Trump flag in the background. And I remember I told him, I go, I'm not doing I it. I don't do it because and, instantly and, I might not even know it's there. And then I'm a fucking suddenly well, getting called all these things that I'm not. Well, exactly. So that was my whole thing. And then my other buddy who was with me asked me, he's like, why don't you want to be photographed with the Trump flag? I go, it's not, it's, I go, it's not for like, I, it's not because like I disagree with the guy or I agree with the guy. It's only because I don't want to be associated with it. And the other side of the coin is I don't want people to knowing what my political allegiance sure. is outside of a select few people and I choose to share that information. Absolutely. And the, the thing that sucks is, I, you can just be labeled as something politically for criticizing one thing or being in support of one thing. It's as if you have to agree with every opinion on one side and you can't disagree at all. It, it's this you versus me mentality that has completely taken this country into a place that it has not been in a very, very long time. Yeah, it's, it's almost as divided as it's been since the Civil War. It, it's probably as close, to it's be honest. Closest, there's, yes. been, there's been times that, you know, during the Vietnam War, um, you know, you got to think about the unrest that was happening around then. You had the assassination of JFK, Martin Luther King, Bobby Kennedy, Malcolm X, uh, the protests about the Vietnam War, yeah. uh, Watergate. You had all these crazy things happening. You know, the sixties was a wild. The sixties were a very. The sixties into the seventies were crazy, crazy time. times. And you know, social media has has turned um, people against each other. It's it's allowed you know memes to become news. 
Um, people will post memes that support their opinions without fact-checking it. That needs to go away. I think that social media should completely eliminate all political postings from being allowed. It should only come down to video, video, sports videos, pet videos, and videos of people getting hurt. Yeah, those um, are the best videos. That's are, what the internet was originally are, created the, for. Absolutely. That's literally what started out with E-Bomb's world, was a bunch Facts. of far, farting videos and people getting hurt. Matri Matrix farts. Yeah, Matrix farts. <laughs> Cakefarts.com. Cake farts. Lemon party. There was all these great things on the internet. Dude, the fucking Numa Numa song. Yeah, Numa Numa. All, like uh, the end of Z world. And it's been, it's been weaponized by our own government by other governments to turn people against each other and all I ask is people if this week is being hard on you this is the last thing I'm going to leave on this if, the, if you are having issues with this week no matter what side you are on whether you didn't like the result of it do yourself a favor and unplug from the internet yeah. after the 2016 election I was so tired of seeing people being so nasty to each other whether they were uh, upset that someone won or, or someone was gloating about their, their guy winning um, it, it was really disheartening to me as someone that is a lifelong troll yeah, I, re I, re I really hated it because it, it, it goes beyond trolling at this point. So all I'm going to ask is that if you're, if you're having a hard time this week and you find yourself unable to escape from your screen, disconnect. I disabled my Facebook for a couple of weeks in 2016. I'll probably end up doing it again because it just pisses me off so bad. Dude, my shit's been deleted. Yeah, and I've yeah. Never, I've never been. I've never been happier until I, I realize I'm but, fully addicted to Twitter. You know, but you know what? We're here. It's election night, 2020, and we're we're happy to be hanging out and be able to talk about some really fun dumb shit and talk dumb some shit. football like for when Josh shit. gets here at seven thirty. Eight o'clock. Uh, Eight o'clock. Yeah, probably he'll be here. Give his NFL picks by Josh. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, facts. Get but, out. But uh, so we'll start at Taylor. How was your week, buddy? Uh, week was okay. It, it got very busy because it got very cold this weekend up by us. So I worked Friday night, sat oh, pretty much a good portion of Saturday, and then Sunday morning. Um, well, I worked Saturday morning, and then I went fishing Saturday afternoon. Okay. Um, and then Sunday I worked in the morning, then I was able to watch football. Okay. So, so that was fun. Um, I really wasn't able to do much just because, you know, with the spiking COVID cases, people are getting more freaked out again. It's, yeah, it almost feels like it was like it, like back in March almost. Yeah, we're getting close to that point again. Uh, we just had our – yesterday was the most deaths that we've had in four months in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, in my job, I could just talking to other business owners. They're fully, most of them are expecting another lockdown at some point. And I hope that people can shut the fuck up about this being any kind of hoax at this point. It's not when, you know, whether the numbers are fudged or underlying conditions, people are still dying. People are still sick. People still have, um, issues with recovery after having it. The, the COVID fog is what they're calling well, it. Well, that's the thing is people really don't know the, 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 the long-term effects know of the this. neurological effects are very obvious. So, on this. so I, I mean, it and ain't then, just a flu dude, but then if you go into the sports side of it, like if you think about these guys that put that people say like, Oh, they play a sport for a living. Of course they do. Yeah. And, sure. and, and they've earned that position in life, but they, they should they should be able to have the same protocols and the same care that that you know that we try to give ourselves. So when this when this twenty three year old running back from Jacksonville gets COVID and then yeah. he's out for the rest of the season yeah. because of certain symptoms. And Eduardo shit that's Rodriguez on the the Red Sox. Yeah. Or I mean, listen, Trevor Lawrence, who's presumably the number one overall draft pick in this year's upcoming draft, safe to say, yeah, is gonna be you know he, two he weeks got, at least. He just got diagnosed with COVID, and you don't know the long term effects of this. No, it's you, no you, one does. Listen, it could be a very bad flu to others. It's to the other. For some it, people, it's nothing, and for some people, they, it, well, to, well, that's what I'm saying. To some people, it's a really bad flu. To some people, it's a day that sucks, and from and for uh, over two hundred thousand people, it's a fucking death sentence. Dude, when I I was my uncle had it down in Florida, and he had it back in uh, June, and he's like, I'm still feeling it. And my mm. uncle's a you know he's older, he's in his sixties, but he's in very good shape. He goes to the gym five days a week, nah. and he's like, I'm still exhausted. My my breathing is still messed up, and he uh, he had a great line. 
<laughs> you know, my dad's brother, he goes, uh, you know, if your dad was around, he wouldn't have survived this. I was like, well, he didn't survive just living. Yeah, so, um, but no, he was right. My dad was overweight. He was a smoker. There's all these things. And I never uh, knew your dad was a smoker. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he was a smoker. You know, uh, so I, I need to say something real quick. Sure. So for some reason, right, I've, I've met your dad a handful of times. Yeah, sure, and, and, sure. I, and it was very fun to meet your father. Yeah, he was a character. He, um, <laughs> for some reason, and I'm working two days ago. And just like the, the best memory I have of your father popped in my head randomly. <laughs> I, I, I know where this is going. Because Go because when so we were watching the UFC fights at your yeah house, yeah it was like I, one of the first times we had like the entire Best Buy crew over and the night I we got made Justin cry yeah. really yes that night yeah and I got really drunk and, yeah. I, and I stayed by you and I remember that morning you it's like six thirty. I fucking kicked you. You just kicked me and say, get out. Yeah, I had to go into the city, which I completely forgot <laughs> yeah. about because it was uh, I, d- I was uh, interning for CBS Sports at the time. I remember. And yeah. I had to be in there and I, comp- I was already running uh, late. Yeah. Shut up. Um, <laughs> and uh, well, that's not the best part. So Yeah, please go. So, on. Uh, you know, I, you just said get out. So I'm walking out and for <laughs> I had a shirt that said smile if you're gay. <laughs> yeah. And I remember I walked through the kitchen. It's your sister, your mother, and your father. And you're downstairs. And I remember very vividly your father looks at me, sees the shirt, and goes, rough night, pal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's about right. My dad, uh, despite, you know, my uncle that I just mentioned with COVID, he is gay. My dad loved calling my friends gay. Specifically my friend Danny. Literally, Danny, like, lived at my house. He was there five to seven days a week. Uh And my dad always called him gay Danny. That's awesome. He would get, like, new sneakers. (laughs) I remember one time he got these, like, nice pair of Nikes. They were white and yellow. My dad looks at me, he's like, nice new shoes. They're gay. <laughs> like, no hesitation. And Danny one day, he's like, I'm not fucking gay. It was like, oh my God, he's Justin. Like, yeah, in hindsight, right. we had uh-huh. two Justins. But uh, my week was pretty good. Uh, nothing really to complain about. Um, a Saturday sucked with Anderson losing, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, I was I was happy to... I know you don't love Halloween, but I was happy to see kids trick-or-treating because I do think it's important. Yeah, to, dude, kids were out, man. Yeah, it was great. Where We went up to our friends in Warwick, yeah. and Warwick um, specifically is a great area for trick-or-treating. It is, dude. And, it's, um, it's, it's very our, tightly dense our, and populated. Our buddy Mike, I was at his place, he was like, yeah, we've had like 300 trick-or-treaters today. I'm like, that's, I'm like, that's fucking cool, man. That's really cool. That's a lot, that was. I mean, I was happy to see... We didn't get any by us because it sounded like when I talked to my neighbor that most of the people with kids in the neighborhood said they're going to only go to the houses that have like things set up where you can just take the candy which is great which is fair but yeah. I saw a ton of group of kids out there which made me really really happy yeah. um, you know I was happy about Sunday with the Dolphins which we'll talk about later um, outside of that you don't need to go outside easy um, I it was a good week I, I have no real complaints I'm off the next three days which is fucking cool yeah. Josh how was your week Great. Okay, um, terrific. Yeah, okay, terrific. <laughs> um, so, Taylor, uh, you want me to go first? I was going to say, can I go first? Sure, please, please. And so, uh, so you gave me the movie Orphan. Yes, Orphan. Movie rules. Dude, how awesome movie is that movie? Rules, so dude. before you go into your uh, your review, I do want... Uh, the reason I asked you yesterday, if you watched it yet, yeah. it came out yesterday that they just greenlit a prequel called Esther. I need to see that. With the girl that same played person? Esther. The same girl, and she's producing it as well. Fuck yeah. Um, so, yes, it fucking rules. Please Mo- go on. Movie was awesome. And uh, so when I when I buy movies on uh, on iTunes, it always gives the Rotten Tomatoes reading. Sure. I don't know why this has a 56 on Rotten Tomatoes. Critics or audience? So, well, it just says 56. Okay, I'll, I'll check while you're, you're speaking. It doesn't say which. But um, so essentially, 
this, this is like more of a psychological thriller than as opposed to a real horror movie. Yeah, that's what I said. It was more like closer to like a seven type movie than seven, anything else. Inception. Yeah. Because there's a twist at the Cape, end where you're Cape like. fear kind of thing. My only issue was that, again, hindsight, the twist is kind of telegraphed. It is telegraphed. At the time when it came out. It was probably old oh, shit. Oh, dude. I yeah. saw this shit in the theater the night it came out. Yeah. And you knew something was up with the girl, but you didn't know. They could have led you in the direction of her being like possessed, that right. kind of thing, and really twist the story to it. But they went with this really interesting route. Yeah, it was more of a scientific route. So when I was watching the trailer for this movie, before I, I always watch the trailers just to see if yeah, I can sure, get an idea. Sure. Um, there's one particular scene where, um, you know, so uh, uh, l- 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 let me start from the top. So there's a there's a mom and dad, and then there's a mother. Uh, there's a uh, there's a deaf daughter, and then there's a son, and then there was a gun, there was a third child, but it died. It was she a had a miscarriage or stillborn. It was a stillborn. Okay. And the mother is like you know when when they lost the baby, she developed a drinking problem. Well, understandably so. Yeah. On top of that, the the husband cheated. These are all these are all um, facts and. Um, details that come out later in the movie. Yeah, and, it unravels, and you, you kind of see that there's a there's, there's initial strain between the mother and the father, which I, I can never remember character names outside of Esther. Sure. Um, and Max. The, yeah, uh, the Max de- was the deaf girl. Great, yeah, deaf she girl. was great. She Fantastic. was awesome. I never felt worse. The only time I felt worse for a character in a quote unquote horror movie, and even though she wasn't really that great, like she wasn't like a good person technically, was Charlie in Hereditary. Sure, because like tr- you know, she was technically in theory an innocent bystander. She was just a host, more or less. Correct. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, so essentially, you know, um, they lose the they lose the daughter, and then they're like, all right, well, we got to try adopting. So the mother is mother is going to therapy, trying to get past her drinking problem, and then the father cheated like two years ago. So they go to this orphanage. And they have the, you know, I guess it's called like an adoption party where like all yeah, the kids yeah, are out where, screaming and running around having a yeah, good time. Yeah, it's like an open house with children. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, a, a real house of pedo, horrors. Pedo Tom Hanks would love it. Yeah, Fig Facts. You got fucked. So, yeah. <laughs> it's by far the funniest thing I've ever done on the show. Um, so then uh, the dad's like walking around the orphanage and he hears so he hears a little girl uh, singing. Yeah. So he walks in and there's there you see you finally see Esther. So Esther's sitting there. She's painting by herself, dressed like like almost like an old woman kind of like not she, wearing a gear like a twelve year old girl would normally wear. Well, so here's what's gear. funny about that yeah, because when when you <laughs> when you find out that like she's from Russia, yeah. So you hear the accent, you see how she's dressed with the bows everywhere. You're like, okay, that yeah. Makes she's sense. got bows on her wrist, bows on her neck. It's, it's, it's like an old school Russian like 1930s. 40s yeah, feel yeah. to her. Like she just went through some fucking Chernobyl fallout. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Um, so uh, then, you know, they end, the long and short of it, they end up adopting her and then shit starts getting weird. Yeah, so, weird uh, things start happening. Her behaviors get weird. So she's very articulate. I believe, I forget what age she's insinuated as. I think it's 12, 12 years 12, old. Yeah. So, she, um, you know, she's very articulate. You know, she's very well spoken. All these different things. Like she's, um, she's extraordinary. Yeah. You know, as far as like a student. She's an exceptional, person. yeah, exceptional Correct. student kind of thing. And, you know, as the movie progresses, you start seeing wrinkles. But then, it, it, but then the, what the movie does very well, it does, it has zero problem showing you exactly what's going on. And it has Correct. no problem hiding it from the from the uh, the mother and the father. Yeah, so, yeah. So keeping like you engaged, cat, knowing full well mouse, what's happening. Almost like a cat and mouse game. You yeah. knowing full well what the fuck is happening and, and you're just waiting for them to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, they're completely oblivious. And then the other thing too, is that it, again? It's it's kind of a, it's kind of a, like a horror horror film trope, or like you know, there's a couple. One is being manipulated to you know feel yeah, for the person that's committing she, these terrible she things. Almost d- develops a, a strong relationship with the mother, and then the, then she kind of twists it. The mother broke her arm, and then that was get, well, she, she puts her fucking arm in the so vice. The scene that that I saw that that I was like, holy shit, was the nun. 
When she with the hammer, she fucks that nun up beyond Dude, repair. When when so when she hits when she hits the nun with the hammer, my hands would go up. I go, no, she fucking Yo, did it. I was the same in the theater. I was like, oh shit, oh, dude, like because I didn't see it coming. I I because I wasn't I wasn't expecting that type of realism. I and was violence, some and pure violence. I was expecting more of like a supernatural type thing. Yeah, that's and that, a- and that goes back to the trailer because there's one particular part where uh you know so um what is it uh the son basically yells at the mother like she's not my fucking sister. Yeah, yeah. And so they lock the treehouse because he has a treehouse. It's where he goes, and him and his friends look at nudie mags. Sure. It's like it's 1999. Yeah, jerking and, off in a time machine. Yeah, yeah. Fact, <laughs> jerking off in a time machine. And, uh, you know, the dad locks it. So then Esther goes upstairs. So Esther gets the Esther gets the keys. She gets the keys to the safe. She unloads a gun yeah. and points it, at, points it at Max and is like, come on, you got to help me do something. Uh, yeah, if you tell anyone about this. So then, you know, th- she hides the murder weapon for the, for the nun up in the treehouse. Then when the son gets up there, Esther lock Esther drops like all this shit that's evidence that like he killed the nun. Yeah, yeah. Locks it and lights the motherfucker on fire. Now in the trailer, it shows the treehouse on fire. The mom running through the snow trying to find. I think his name was Daniel. Yeah. And you just see Esther smiling. When I thought that initially was like, and I think she did like a mind meld where it's like I'm gonna light this like, like just, Carrie, like Carrie almost. Like and, Carrie, you know what? You brought yes. up a great point because um, I had the experience of seeing in the theater and being really hyped for it because yeah. the trailers were. It was a really great marketing campaign. The trailer was incredible. The movie kind of came out of nowhere, and you didn't know that. Then the, the, if you ever seen the poster for it, the poster's really <laughs> cool. It says there's something wrong with Esther, and you didn't know what. So as it unravels and you're starting to see she, uh, the mother is now accused of abusing Esther. Well, I mean, she full like, so after after so okay, so after the fire happens, Danny is now in the hospital and he's not responsive. Esther then fucking smothers Try, him. Yeah, yeah, no, had to revive, yeah, yeah, you had to revive him. You had to revive him, smothers him, and then the mother's like, "What did you do, you bitch?" Yes, yeah. full on smacks her. Now it's crazy when that happens because she's the only one that knows what the fuck is happening. Yeah, and everyone else there is like an orderly or, or like the husband trying to pull everyone away because I, I, at the surface it looks like she, she just, just smacked the, child. A, and, smacked the twelve year old girl thing is and like, called her a bitch. And the other thing that's leading to that moment is, um, like you said about you're seeing to do all these things but you're also getting little tidbits of information from the orphanage that this this that this this Correct. that that you know there's no records of her coming from this place in Russia um and then when they get back home shit really starts to go down yeah so j- just just to sum everything up um so we find out Obviously, the climax of the movie is when you find out Esther has this uh, a hormonal. She's like a door. She's a technically it's dwarfism. She's she's Andy Milanakis. Yeah, she's Andy Milanakis. So she like, tries seducing the father, which which and, creeped me out. And you dude. find out that the reason she's wearing these things that on her wrists and her neck and never wants to take them off because there's a scene where they try to move them and she freaks out. Yep. is because it was from breaking out of restraints and straight jackets all these different times. Yeah, tries seducing so, the father. Well, that was saying so. Th- th- so I, I forget how she got in contact with the guy from Russia. But, essentially in the insane asylum and said like no like she's not a little girl she's been posing as a little girl for so she's many years she's killed at least seven people she's not 12 years old she was born in 1977 yeah dude she's 30 and, like, something she's 36 yeah and then like after so after they say she's like 32 years old it flashes back she's in she's, she's in like this black dress with, with red lipstick we have a sound we have a soundboard of a dog yes, right we now do, with like red lipstick trying to seduce the drunk dad and all this shit Lacey come here alright fine be a dick I don't care and, she might uh, have the shit 
Yeah, she <laughs> shitted and farted. So the, the the whole climax is that she ends up killing the dad. Yeah, which was fucked. And then there's a final showdown essentially with Esther and the mom, and then Max, who kind of got in the middle of it. You, I feel so bad because she's witness to all these awful things yeah, Esther yeah. is doing, and she's and she's she's sign language, so she talks sign language and she's signing all these things. And she's literally like, like she's just an innocent bystander. She's literally maybe like a seven-year-old girl. Yeah, for sure. And I feel awful about it. So the final showdown between the mom and Esther really culminates in um, um, in them falling through a frozen lake and then her crawling out with Esther trying to stab her and then just one fucking donkey kick straight to the dome. Down into the, the fucking snapped ice. Snapped her neck. And then I kind of wish they expanded more towards the end because then the movie just ends. Yeah, which so I, I, they could have done that, but you could have also gotten into the, tr- the the trap of tying things off a little too much. Yeah, ma- ma- you don't like with a movie like that. You want you don't want to make it with a pretty little bow. There's an imbalance, and I think just ending it pun. like that, like no, but I, I get what you're saying. I I think that. You could have gone that route where it's like, oh, well, now we're a happy family. We move. We move past this. But that, to me, is tying it off too well. Well, we moved on. You know, that kind of thing. We moved from the house. We moved from this place where all this horrible shit happened. But uh, I rewatched this last week, and that's what made me want to give it to you. I forgot how much I enjoyed it. And it's one of these movies, you know, sometimes when a movie has a big twist, once you know the twist, the value of the movie is more or less gone. So that's kind of for me, really. I mean, initial viewing is phenomenal. If I watch it again, I'll probably pick up on different things, and I understand it. Definitely. Sure, but I think just I just watched it once, and I loved it the first time. I'll watch it again eventually. This is the first. I I love this movie, but it is the first time I've watched it in years, which is one of these ones when you have a twist that sometimes you don't. It's not. you're going to watch over and over and over again Correct. but it's a good like every couple years kind of movie sure it's one yeah. that if it's on i'll throw it on it's like oh man um, i haven't seen orphan Ver- in a while. vera farmiga is great in this movie yes. um but overall what would you grade it uh, i give it an eight eight very cool yeah, all right all right t i'm glad you liked the fucking movie i had a feeling you would yeah it was that's cool. up your alley a good way to end halloween um all right so taylor you gave me uh, the band Woven War, their only album, self-titled Woven War. Um, they are a lot like the first supergroup Asia. No. No, I was going to say they're a lot like the uh, first supergroup Asia in the sense, um, but, but they're actually good. Uh, yeah, this fair. album, this album's fucking awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's legitimately fucking great. Yeah, dude. There's not a song on here I disliked. Even the fours are fives. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's you know, the way the album is structured, I could see where you can get a four here or there. Yeah, and it's like, they're only fours in the sense that comparatively to the fives, sure. they're just not up there, but as a whole, the album is easily a five. Um, musically, brilliant. The music is so good. Yeah. Lyrically, great. Vocally, fan-fucking-tastic. It's incredible. Like, specifically vocally, I was floored. So yeah, see, you know what's fucked up? That guy, he's the secondary vocalist for the band O Sleeper. Yeah. He's the clean guy because O Sleeper oh, is the majority of his, a screaming his, band. His voice is so good. So yeah, to start out, uh, the opening track is just an intro, four word. Um, All Rise, uh, the Aaron Judge song, um, yeah, it, it, that's a five. Uh, great opening. The vocals are amazing. The music's killer. Love the breakdown. I didn't even write up some of these because I was so into the songs that I was like, these don't even need write-ups. See, that happens to me too where I listen to a song and I completely forget the title of the song, so I have yeah. to listen to the whole album um, again. So Death to Rights is a five. It fucking rips. Tempest, a four. Music's incredible. The Mason's a five. Moving Up is a four. Um, Sight of Shore was a five. Love the bridge. The vocals are amazing again. I love the fucking lyrics. Um, Father Son, an amazing change of pace. Well mixed, and I love when it picks up and it gets heavy. Brilliant song. Uh, Profane was a four. It was the heaviest so far musically. I said so far, but not the heaviest one. (laughs) The next song was maybe my favorite, but I, I go back and forth. Archers, 
fucking awesome. The music gets better and better on track to track on this album. Um, this song is even heavier than Profane, especially towards the end. Uh, incredible. Ruined Ends is a five. Identity is a five. Matter of Time is a five. Heavy and progressive as fuck. Now, actually, this was my favorite song. Right. Profits. Profits is a fucking five. The early part of the song sounds so much like Alice in Chains with its harmonies. Um, I absolutely love the fucking harmonies on it. Love the double bass. It was the best song on it. It was the last song on it. Watch out. Grab her. Hi. We couldn't wait for you. We were shitting. So shitting and farting. Josh is here now. Hi, Josh. You can just go take a seat in Taylor's seat. Gracie. Gracie. That's Gracie. My, that's, Gracie. My, that's my family dog. What's up? Gracie. Well, my family dog name is Gracie. How's Gracie? Hi. She's cool. She wants so, you to sit down. So, um, yeah, the last. The so, for, so for once, so, someone's happy to see Josh. Yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, uh, Profits was definitely my hi, hi, hi. my favorite song on here. Um, I, I legitimately love this album. Um, musically, it was great. He's an amazing, amazing vocalist. He really is. I listened is to this incredible. shit like 15 times this week. I was floored by this album. This is a five out of five. There isn't a song worth skipping on here. I think it gets better and better as the album goes on, which sure. is rare sometimes because sometimes you top load an album. There isn't a single, single filler track on this album either. Um, so Woven War is a five out of five. A brilliant, brilliant album. One of the best on the show to date. Sweet. I'm, um, I'm really glad you like it. So I, it's, it's ironic that Josh is here. I actually have, do have bad news. Uh, I couldn't listen to all of Probot. Okay. But what I did listen to, I absolutely adored. Save, it for, ne- save right? it for next week. I will. Sa- save it for let's save it for next week, week and we'll yeah. do a track by track breakdown. So, yeah. Josh, how are you? I'm fine. How was your week, Josh? Uh, too long. Too long? Yeah. Is it weird sitting over there rather than here? Yeah. There's like a. a um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I'm going to do this. There's like a really, really like deep dent in this couch. Okay. Taylor's guess on what you're going to say about sitting there was it smells like ass. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Did you sniff it at least? Uh, well, no. don't, don't, you know the theme of the show. Don't sniff it, just do it. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's very facts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, so, uh, Josh, welcome. I'm glad you, you could make it. Uh, you made it a little bit earlier than uh, you thought, but uh, we decided we couldn't wait. So, we just uh, we went through uh, just some chatting. We just went through our reviews. Um, he loved Orphan, so that's great. I love the album he gave me. You would like the album he gave me a lot. Yeah. It's fucking, yeah. it's killer, Wolven, dude. Wolven dude, dude fucking it's fucking, it rips. Right, it's fucking killer. It. Um, so, Taylor, my pick for you this week. Okay. Uh, we talked about it last week. I asked you earlier if you'd seen it yet. I know you wanted to see it. Yes. Um, is uh, The Trial of the Chicago. Chicago Seven. See, uh, you got to stop asking me if I've seen these fucking movies because then I I already know the rest of the day. I'm like, but how am I supposed to me. know if you watch it or not? Well, that's true because the last time you said you haven't seen this yet, I'm gonna give you Marriage Story. So I fuck. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. There's been a few of those times, so I have to at least confirm because you told me the Friday after it came out that you're gonna watch it. Then when I watch it, you're like, I'm gonna watch it, and it's been a week and a half since then. So now you're gonna watch it. Um, the only time you get me to actually watch stuff is the show. Honestly. Yeah. So there, there you go. So Trial of Chicago Seven, Aaron Sorkin right. film, Sasha Baron Cohen. Joseph Gordon love it. Mark Reliance, um, the dude jo- that played Joseph Gordon loves it. Yeah, Joseph needs it, <laughs> wants it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, th- that cast, um, uh, Jeremy Strong from Succession is in it. Um, uh, the guy that played Nixon in Frost Nixon is, plays the judge in the movie. The cast is fucking incredible. Uh, all based on a very real story, very true story. Uh, it's got your typical Sorkin dialogue that is just second to none. Okay, it's the okay. best courtroom drama since A Few Good Men, which was also written by Aaron Sorkin. 
Uh, I I think this is going to be one of the big Oscar contenders this year. Sasha Baron Cohen is so good in this. Um, you're going to laugh at this movie. You're going to be disturbed by this movie, and you're going to be floored by this fucking movie. There's no. I will be stunned if you don't love this shit. And I think you feel that way too because you love Sorkin. You love the newsroom. Yeah. A few good men. He fucking wrote Molly's Game and directed yeah, Molly's that's Game. That's why I like it so much. So, I wonder why Ralph hates it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So uh, my pick for you this week is a Trial of Chicago Seven. Cool. So for my pick this week, uh, I'm going to keep it a little on the heavy side, but I'm going to bring back the screams. Cool. Um, an album came out in September of this year that, for my money, already. I mean, it's not already. It's already you were tweeting about it earlier already, this week. It's already November. Yeah, but um, it's my album of the year. Okay. Um, it's a. Is it the supergroup Asia? No. <laughs> they're a, it's a metal. Shut up. It's a metalcore band from Australia called Alpha Wolf. Alpha and Wolf. And their album came out in September called "A Quiet Place to Die." Uh, this is really. So this is only the second release with their new lead singer. The original lead singer got kicked out for sexual misconduct. And then he went and started. That new, seems unnecessary. He, he started another band. It's better than when the guy got kicked out of the band for cheating. Yeah, that's a little. Uh, that's that's a little. That's a little wokeish for like, even for me. Was a like, yeah? Who was he cheating with that they like, kicked him ca- out? I mean, it might have been the manager. I, I don't know the full story, right. but that doesn't matter. So, um, so they got this new lead singer, and ever since they got the new lead singer, I think his name is Kochi or something like that. Kochi. It's Australians have weird names. Okay. Yeah, that's and true. Uh, when I tell you that the last two releases with him on vocals have been fucking phenomenal, Fault in two thousand and nine, and then A Quiet Place to Die in, in two thousand two thousand nineteen, okay. and then A Quiet Place to Die in two thousand twenty. Um, this album is really, really ambitious, and it's about a hybrid of three different genres. You get a little bit of new metal, you get a little bit of uh, hardcore, and you get a little bit of straight metalcore. The album is phenomenal, and I want to highlight the song. I'm gonna pron- I'm gonna try to pronounce it as best as, as properly as I can. I'm gonna try to spell it based on how you pronounce it. It's called Akudema. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, I'm it's, sorry. It's, oh, wait, it's I, let, me, let me rephrase. Your name is Toby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's so it's 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 uh it's pronounced like it's spelled. It's it's really called Akudama. Is it like Akuna Matata? No. Okay. And that's what everybody says. <laughs> oh, so, I thought, no, it's it's A U K U D A M A. I thought I was is, being like original and turns out I'm just a jerk off. Yeah, big facts. <laughs> which is actually it's a Japanese word for um villain. Okay. Um and the biggest thing is because and I, I, I implore you to watch the music video for that song specifically. I it's one of the best music videos I've seen. I actually sent it to you. You guys. did, yeah. I didn't it's watch one it. Of the best music I saved it to ever. my watch later on YouTube. But it's so funny when I watch that video or when I listen to, when I listen to this whole album, you realize what nerds some of these guys are that mm-hmm. play this heavy oh, music. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like it's a very nerdy community. Well, because Akudama really is it's a it's a it's an anime. It's an anime mm. show. I mean, there's there's Pokemon references, in oh. it. but like it's it's fucking it's incredible how heavy it is and how good it is. Um, they they were gonna be fucking huge if not for COVID. They were gonna have their first headline. Ah, they're one tour. of the bands that were hurt by COVID. I mean, one of most of them, really. You know, because like you had so many great records come out this year, like Fit for. Do you want to get Annie Ann's? N- yes. You bring it up again? His cinnamon sugar pretzel. This time he can't mute me like he yeah. did last time. But uh, <laughs> but no. I, I, so Alpha Wolf, a quiet place to die. For cool. my for my money, it's the best record that's come out this year. And even though Fit for King came out with the Path this year, which was fucking phenomenal, this is really okay. This is this, this is one of the best records I've heard in a very long time. Cool. I'm excited. Especially to from to a it. little band. Yeah. yeah, all the way from Australia. It's 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 hard to compete with that. Cool. And I still we still got Architects coming out with new music. Uh, in like I'm two excited months. to listen to it. Um, Josh, you watched uh, your last horror movie. I did. Um, was I, it? I also watched it because I 
I always watch it and because you need I, it. I watched it and then it was on fucking like AMC every single fucking day right. and it was on my TV every single day because of that and that was uh, the original John Carpenter's Halloween from 1978 um, for my money this is the best slasher still yeah I, I every time I watch it and I've seen it so many times I like it more there's nothing wrong with it right if you go back to, to the beginning of my journey here uh, on this month of October, okay, uh, you know the first thing I watched was Texas Chainsaw, and this kind of it, it perfects that formula. Nothing, none of the heavy hitting stuff really happens until like the last forty minutes. Of yeah, the movie. it's a build up. It's yeah. a it, there's there's creepy parts, like legitimately creepy when he's just following, yeah. and you, you just see have it. a lot, it's a lot of anticipation. Which yeah, is why I love the remake so much because the that, remake that it, it followed that formula, well, which is like especially in the remake when it's Halloween night and he's just walking. sequel tech. I guess it's a t- sequel. Sure, sure, yeah. But like when he's walking in just uh, yeah, in regular that's, Halloween and, the, and the nobody music, knows that score is still so yeah. good. It's the fucking best score and just the. When even when he's just walking, it's a dun dun yeah, dun. Yeah, yeah. It's yep. so fucking eerie and creepy, and just the the build up to it where it's him following, and you hear the breathing through the mask, and it's so funny. It was just an old William Shatner mask, dude. To this day, I remember seeing the first, uh, the same one, the original John Carpenter's Halloween, and seeing like in broad daylight, this guy just standing like half behind a tree, just staring at someone, and then he's gone, and me losing my mind. Yeah, like it's, what the fuck? John I mean, Carpenter fucking rules. He does. Yeah. I mean, besides Ghosts of Mars, yeah. um. Yeah, right. But uh, you got to think the thing, mm-hmm. Escape from New York. Yeah. Who Dude, doesn't love Escape from Escape New York? From LA. Escape from uh, <laughs> I'll still watch that. But yeah, Escape from New York is legitimately fucking great. Yeah. Um. And then you know, but the, the thing alone is one of the best sci-fi movies ever. Uh. And again, The Fog, the original The Fog, is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Um. Is and the, the fa- one where, is that the one where they're in the supermarket and those fuck? No, that's like, the mist. Oh, sorry. Um. It, it's it, it completely the mist stinks. It, no, the mist rules. Yeah, the Wait, mist what's, great, what's the one with Marky Mark and Zoe Deschanel? That's oh, that's the happening. That's the one. Dude. Yeah, I'm talking to a plastic plant. Uh, <laughs> what? You know what's so funny? No. With, you know what's so funny with the happening? It was a really cool concept. It is like it could have worked, and even the beginning when people were just dying, it was kind of cool. There were some cool kills, like the dude that just feeds himself in the fucking the the tiger cage or the lion cage or no, whatever. The dude that gets run over by the fucking. He lays down uh, in front of a lawnmower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, th- there was some really cool stuff in the happening that could have made it work, but it just doesn't work on any level. Because and it's like a horrible performance from Mark Wahlberg. It's a horrible performance because it, it. This is M Night Shyamalan. You know you're going to get something great or something horrific. So, so that, there's no in between. It's it's up there i don't know if you guys ever watch honest trailers before of right? course yeah we used to watch them for hours dude, dude that the the happening is my favorite one because you know you got that big voice like uh doing yeah. all the shit and all in you hear is like it's like you know it's like in a world where you watch m night Shyamalan, the bad guy is the wind <laughs> yeah dude <laughs> the wind is evil <laughs> yeah i remember seeing that in the theater and being so hyped because they did a great that was the thing with m night right up to the happening his trailers always made you think that oh he got it back like everyone. Oh, I, me- sense again. I remember the, the the village the trailer looked great movie didn't work it's still comparatively it's better than the other ones Lady in the Water looked like it was going to be great it was fucking horrendous yeah. I don't and, think I've ever been let down more by a movie than the village to be honest with you that was like, up, that like, was up there for like me like at least with some movies I watched that I know are bad I still enjoy it when I watched like when I watched the village I'm like <laughs> wait a minute that well yeah the village you know specifically like, because he was coming off. The Sixth Sense, obviously, which is a game changer right. horror film, unbreakable, fantastic movie, and then Signs, which for me is one of the best alien films ever made, and it's still legitimately creepy. I just watched it a few months ago, like in the, late into quarantine with Landlord. It's still fucking great. Yeah. So you got this one with the village. You got this great cast. You got fucking Joaquin Phoenix. You got uh, Adam or Adrian Brody. Yeah, you sold me on those two. Right yeah. There. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard. You had this unbelievable. I, the Landlord might be back. 
Um, you had this fucking great cast, and then yeah, she's here. You can sit down. She's gonna come get her. Um, you had this fucking unbelievable cast that you thought this movie was gonna be the shit, and it started out okay, and then you the first time you see the supposed creatures, they look like fucking Snuffleupagus. Hi, landlord. Hi, landlord. How are you? She has not shitted yet. She will not go. Yeah, she refuses to. What's on her ear? I don't know. Has she been digging through stuff? But yeah, she has not shitted All yet. Right. Okay. All right. Um, but they, they show the creature, and it fucking looks like Snuffleupagus. So how am I supposed to take that seriously? I don't know. And then the reveal is that they just lived in the woods. And I'm like, all right. First off, then, then M. Night had to put himself in the movie. You're going to tell me that all these years that a plane didn't fly by, that some hikers, they were like in the Appalachian Trail, that fucking some people weren't hiking through. Right. In hindsight, it was a lot better than Lady in the Water, which was... I didn't see that one. Dude, great cast. Paul Giamatti's awesome in the movie. Another movie where he's wasted? The guy that's the hero in this. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Josh, you remember this movie? I do. The, the guy that was like ended up being the hero. It's supposed to be like an old folklore, fairy tale kind of thing where this girl that was the Lady in the Water comes along. Um, and the guy, there's this one guy that lives in their apartment complex that he has one arm that is just fucking jacked because all he does is curls on one arm. Oh, see, I, I thought he, no, he, he, he wasn't fapping. No, he's literally just doing curls on one arm. And then it turns out that he's the hero. And Paul Giamatti's really good in the movie, but it just did not work. Then the happening. And then, of course, you know, he had this Avatar movie. And but he's come back. He's do, he's done well recently. Um, a devil he produced was really good. The visit was awesome. That was a you would like that one a lot, Josh. That one was really good. And then obviously love split, love glass. Um, it was good to see him come back into form. I know I didn't love his show on Apple TV Plus. Servant, it just it didn't no, work. No, you for told me. me about that. It's not. It's, it's just not really it just great. didn't click. But going back, Halloween's still the best. It's it, it just can't be denied. And Michael, it, it's. It, 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 the sequels aren't that bad. They get progressively worse. The the third one, Season of the Witch. I actually love Season of the really? Witch. Really? I'm not... Okay, I, so here's the thing. Like, like, like the Nicolas Cage movie? No, no. So here's the thing that John Carpenter did, With fucking, Taylor. What's his name? Nicolas Cage. And Ron Perlman? No, it's not that piece of shit. So <laughs> what? Um, he was forced into making Halloween 2, which he didn't want to do. Okay. And it's a direct sequel to the original Halloween that takes place literally the same night of it, but at a hospital. So you think Michael Myers is dead. Jamie Lee Curtis is going there. It's when it's revealed they're siblings. So then he didn't want to do it. He didn't like it. It's actually a very good movie. He wanted to turn Halloween into an anthology series and release a different movie every year that takes place in different stories. So it came out and everyone was pissed that there's only like a Michael Myers Easter egg in it. If it was called anything else besides Halloween, it's a legitimately good horror, gothic horror film is what I'd call it. Okay. I felt the same way as you the first couple times I saw it, but it has aged progressively better for me. Yep. Then Halloween 4 is the return of Michael Myers. Not too good. Nope. Then you have The Curse of Michael Myers, and I think there's one more, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Something like that. And that's with Paul Rudd in 1995, a very young Paul Rudd, um, who looks exactly like he does in 2020. Like Paul Rudd, yeah, that they was were like, you know, Some of them were not yeah. good. Some of them were okay. They really were. H2O is good. H2O's H2O is good. I like H2O a lot, and then Resurrection is... Oof. Is that the Rob Zombie one? No, that's the Buster Rhymes one. Rob Zombie was just Halloween, oh. Halloween 2. Yeah. Um, just nod your fucking so, head, so, bitches. Which so, I, don't, I don't hate, hate the first... Rob no, we talked about Halloween. that last yeah. week. It has some merit, but the second it tries to become the John Carpenter one, he should have stuck with more of the backstory stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, as much as I don't like humanizing Michael Myers entirely, he should have stuck with that because when he tried recreating, his, you know, Carpenter's, he just doesn't have that flair right. Right. for that very... Because Carpenter is a very simplistic filmmaker. Like, you think about The Thing, it is a very grand movie, but it's also very isolated. It's a lot of single shots. 
Um, it doesn't have CGI. It uses the fucking amazing claymation or stop motion, I guess is what you'd call it. Yeah. Um, so we'll go right into what we watched this week. Um, I'll finish up with what I watched for Halloween because my uh, 31 days is done, sadly. Um, naturally, I closed off the last two days with Hereditary and Midsummer. They seem like the most fitting for me. Um, Midsummer, I really do love the more and more I watch it. I just think it's this phenomenal storytelling. Yeah, I'm still too fucking scared to watch it. So I, I watch Midsummer. Hereditary, Friday the 13th, Halloween, The Original Crazies, and Orphan. Um, isn't, he, isn't the remake of The Crazies pretty damn good, too? It's a very good remake. I have not... I Watching it a few times over, I have not liked it as much with, as uh, I did with Tim, the, Tim Oliphant. Yeah, I was going to say, we're big Tim Oliphant fans over here at You Watch, I Listen. Massive Tim Oliphant we will, fans. We will talk about Timmy Oliphant a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's a show on Netflix now that you might like, Josh. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I like it yet. I don't dislike it. What so is it? Space it's called, No, it's called The Queen's Gambit. Um, it's with um, the girl from The Witch and Split, Anya Taylor-Joy. I know you like her, Josh. Yeah. She plays this girl. She's like she's an orphan, so it goes with a the theme. Yeah. And she, she definitely is a little fucked up. Something happened with her family. It hasn't been revealed yet. I'm only three episodes in. But it turns out she ends up being this like master chess player, like okay. chess wizard. And she sees things like chess moves, like 100 moves ahead. And I, I don't dislike it yet, but it's got like unbelievable reviews. Like it's the show I'm seeing everyone saying it's like the best of the year. Okay. I don't dislike it yet, but she's really, really good. And I'm in the chess scenes are awesome. It's kind of like when you see like get poker scenes in movies and yeah, shit like that. Right. Um, but uh, I'm digging that so far. I'm digging it to an extent. I won't say I love it yet. And um, yeah, that's I'm trying. And then we'll talk about Mandalorian in a second. Taylor, what have you watched? Uh, I watched. I'm almost the, done with Community, by the way. I'll finish it by tomorrow. All right, good. Uh, I watched uh, OJ Made in America. It's the best documentary I've ever seen. Yeah, I haven't Next seen to it. Next to baseball in and Vietnam. Yeah, I still haven't finished baseball yet. I think I'm on like part three or whatever. Oh, dude. But it's, it, dude, there's so much. I know. But, uh, it's a good thing to put on when you're laying down. Yeah, big facts. Uh, yeah, I finished OJ's Made in America again. It's probably what you said. It's probably the best documentary. It was I've one of my seen. top films of the decade. Period. I mean, it was. I, I would say more of the decade. I'd say the last fifty years. Yeah, it's it's maybe the best. It might be the best because, documentary because I've ever it seen. It hits on so many different fronts. It hits on the ra uh, racial inequality that happened. It, in it LA. literally tells the and story of race in America through the lens of OJ Simpson. Yeah. So and and it, you know it's just it's just one of those things where it's so fucking great. Um, what else did I watch? I watched uh, Harry Potter, Deathly Hollows because I haven't seen it in a while. Okay. Which is nothing great than watching the, the last two movies in a seven-part series. Yeah, yeah. You know, just get me right to the end. Okay. I don't know what happens. <laughs> and um, I'm, I toyed with the idea of watching Lord of the Rings again. <laughs> And I've seen it. I'm kind of. I'm kind of due soon. I know I'm due. Times. Well, my birthday's this weekend, so I'm fairly confident on Saturday. That's my plan until I got to go hang out with my fucking family. I think we're gonna do next week is gonna be um, just like we did for Josh. We're gonna do Taylor trivia. We're gonna do belated Taylor trivia because this well, is it's on election a Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So it's a little too early. It's actually closer to your birthday on next Tuesday. So uh, yeah, no, I've okay. So it's funny you even say that. I've always had an issue with people celebrating birthdays early because it's easier. I listen. It's fine. What about birthday wait, weekends. Wait, when you have a whole weekend me, for your birthday. Me. Don't even get me. <laughs> Fucking started because you know no now you got me started Josh yeah, so like started there was one particular time and I guarantee you this person does not listen to the show anymore but they were they will rename nameless and Gannon we, no <laughs> in that group though we were uh, we went down we went down to AC for oh, the it's doctor's Colucci. birthday you're getting closer um, we went down oh, to AC for I the know. doctor's birthday Gypsy and so, yes yes. <laughs> He's never yeah, gonna love yeah. you. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I can fix you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> um, that's so. There's a reason why I haven't been back to Atlantic City since, and it's yeah, been yeah, almost yeah. ten years. 
And so we went down for the doctor's 21st birthday, and they turned it into, oh, my God, it's our birthday weekend when this person's birthday was two weeks prior. Yeah, no, something, come something on, dude. To that, something like that. And I, that was one of the worst nights. That yeah, was the night Bob got so drunk, he ordered like $180 in shots. Puked and on himself puked. in a quinceanera on a limo. That was different. <laughs> yeah. this, the, the, those are all different. Our friend Bob has a drinking problem. No, he really doesn't, actually. I know he, he used doesn't. to have a weight problem, but actually, yeah. we were talking about it today because he was asking me He's, about my weight. Yeah, which so, I have to go get the fucking scale. As of today, he texted me, 90 pounds. Yeah, I was about to say, because last week he was 85 pounds down, so I figured he was in the 90 territory. Um, Bob rules, so, um, so besides he, when he's drinking in Atlantic City. So he sent and at me, weddings. He actually sent me a picture Yeah, he sent me a picture of the suit jacket that he wore at Ralph's wedding. Okay, and it is massive. That's awesome, dude. Dude, That's it's it's like legit. So I do want, even though it's like I definitely didn't watch much this weekend, but give a shout out to Bob because he really has stuck with that keto shit, and he like it's it's a massive difference. All right, Josh, what'd you watch besides Halloween? Uh, So I watched uh, Freddy versus Jason. Hell yeah, 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 love it, dude. Fucking rules, so good. Got your nose. (laughs) Jason goes to hell. Um. Yeah, Freddy versus Jason. Uh, I I know I found that uh, How I Met Your Mother is on Hulu, so I'm rewatching. That's good. Oh, you never knew that? No, I had uh, no well, idea because they took it off Netflix because it's an NBC thing. So yeah. they did that same yeah. fucking yeah. shit. Uh, and that that's pretty much it. I didn't watch a lot this week. Obviously, The Mandalorian. Which yeah, so about. Uh, Mandalorian. Taylor, did you watch it or because it got spoiled for you? you it got spoiled it? for me, so I didn't see it. All yet. right, you need to because no, I'm it's, going to. It's the fucking best episode so far. You could just tell me. I'm, um, I'm alright so with it. So the thing that one of the things I love is that, um the big bat. So you so Mandalorian. Mandalorian goes to Tatooine. He finds that there's a Mandalorian on there. Um, goes back to the woman that he met last season that loved Baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, goes to this like little town that was like a mining town. And um, they're like, it goes to the bartender who happens to be W. Earl Brown, uh, who, you know, from Deadwood. Um, and then uh, he's like, there's your Mandalorian there. Walks in with the fucking Boba Fett costume, the uniform on. And I hear the voice. I'm like, that's fucking Tim Oliphant. Yeah. It was Tim Oliphant wearing it. And he takes the mask off. So Mando instantly knows it's not. Uh, it's not a Mandalorian, um, and you find out this whole thing. The, the bar starts shaking, and this fucking dragon comes through. This fucking like almost like uh, the landlord goes, "It's Tremors." <laughs> Tremors with thing, Kevin Bacon. The first thing I thought of Tremors rules. Tremors uh, is great. Um, so Tremors six isn't great. So no, Tremors two isn't great. Three, four, <laughs> a new one just came out recently. I know. So you find out what's great about it is this creature is a crate dragon. And if you remember in the beginning of A New Hope, when R2 and C-3PO are walking uh, through, the, through the sand, yeah. you see the skeleton of this creature. It was a fucking crate dragon. And this is the first time you see the crate dragon oh, in action. Shit. So um, Tim Oliphant agrees, like, I will give you uh, this armor back if you help me kill this. Um, so it lives in an owl. <laughs> it lives in an abandoned Sarlacc pit. It ate a fucking Sarlacc. Jesus Christ. So they end up fighting the thing. They fucking kill it. This awesome, awesome battle. It's like okay. an old Western episode. You get to see Tuscan Raiders not being evil. That's They're right. like humanized. It's really cool. You find out that Mando speaks Tuscan Raider, which is very interesting. And um, they kill it. And then it ends with uh, he gets the Boba Fett costume back. He drives off on the fucking speed bike. Yeah. And then out of the shadows walks this person. And he turns around. And it's fucking Boba Fett. Oh wow! It's so that so, so so Oliphant wasn't even the real. No, reveal. it was fucking. So, so that wasn't spoiled for me. Then. It was. I just spoiled it for it's you. It's fine. It was fucking the guy that played Django Fett, Boba Fett. It was fucking Boba Fett. This, he knows the same, what the same guy from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah. It no was shit. the exact actor who. Wow. Uh, there's a movie you'd love called Once We're Warriors that he's in. Okay. Um, that he it's a, it's amazing. But um, I I wonder where they're going with it. My first thought is that he knew that that guy had the costume the whole time, but he was like, I can't go there. Maybe he thinks because it's a Mando, he, a Mandalorian, he can negotiate with him. Right. 
but maybe the best episode to date. It was uh, it was longer than the other ones. It was fifty five minutes compared to the normal half hour. Yeah. It was just it was fucking great, and I love that it didn't go too much into the stuff that where last season ended off. Right. It just became its, which is I think one of the great things about it is that it doesn't need to tie in all these storylines right away. Sure. Just so, uh, well, I was going to say, so what was spoiled for me was Tim Oliphant. Can we get a new movie. bottle? That thing is fucking gross. Yeah, we will. We this, will I'll eventually. throw this out. I'll, I'm, so, I'm, I'm home. Eventually. <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Not nah, believe me. I know how these things work. Yeah. So what what got spoiled for me was Tim Oliphant because uh, I think it was the day it came out. I was just, I always look at like what's trending on Twitter. Sure, sure. And whenever Tim Oliphant is trending on Twitter, I click. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to see and, whatever he's in. He always plays a cop. They, in this one, they call him the marshal. Yeah. So he's always a cop or so, a marshal So now. when I click on it, it was it was a gif of the, of the, of the Mandalorian helmet and then the pan up to him yeah and i yeah. was like if they got him playing boba fett or jank boba fett yeah right? yeah if they got him playing boba fett i'm like all right yeah I'm they go into in. like how he got it that he um there was they got raided in this town and he got away and he was like gonna die in the desert and some jawas took him but he stole like these crystals from the people that were raiding the town and the jawas traded Boba. they had boba fett's costume his okay. outfit his uh armor in the in their fucking thing right and he's like i'll give you that for this uniform and that was how he was able to defend the town from all the people that were taking it over okay um, dude, it's phenomenal. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It's. I will go on to say I do like the new movies. I actually I love them. I love Star Wars anything. I do, I do but I think this is maybe the best thing Star Wars has done since Empire Strikes Back as Mandalorian. I, I, I wouldn't I, disagree with I, you. I, I love that it's it's all the weird shit from the begin the first half of A New Hope, no. all the weird like Western stuff, and it. John Favreau's amazing. Yeah, he he just really is. Um, just fantastic. Fucking get rid of Kathy Kennedy. Put him in there. Yeah, that's well. They apparently want him. In Taika Waititi to take the reins. Let him. Yeah. Let him. For what? Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. Fucking we got We got the Obi-Wan series in development. We got the Cassian Andor from Rogue One series in development. We just got announced. Uh, it's not announced officially, but they're apparently developing a new Force Awakens game. Um, which I'm down for. Make it longer. I don't need a fucking two-hour story when the gameplay is as fun as The Force Awakens yeah. is. I mean, give me like a not like Jedi Fallen Order had a good length of story. Wait, like the like the Force Awakens movie, they're making a game. No, not Force Awakens. Force Unleashed. Excuse me. Oh, Force, okay. Force Unleashed. Okay. Um, ga- game. They're making a new one. Apparently. Okay. Um, it's rumored that's what it is, and then it popped up on the website that they're hiring people for a new action Star Wars game. Or how about this, guys? Please just remaster Kotar for me. Yes. Please yeah, remaster do, do that. Do me a favor, and like also like as I've been playing Rogue Squadron a lot. It's just. I don't or know. it's not Rogue Squadron. What's it called? Uh, the new one. Squadrons. Squadrons. Star Wars Squadrons. And it's like, well, no, I've been playing Rogue Squadron on the computer. It's oh, fucking hard okay. Shit yeah, I'm coffee. sure on a computer. But uh. But no, the the new Squadrons game is just it's okay. It's, it's, not, it's I, not great. I got it. It's a flight simulator. I, I Star bought Wars. it and I, as a, when Josh didn't tell us that it came out. Um, because <laughs> it was so my fucking responsibility. It was. You, you are you, our gaming update guy, dude. Well, it's I, this I fucking win. Always, you're our update. You give us updates on games, McRibs, and Apple. That's actually fair. M- minimum two out of three. Yeah, one of minimum them. two of three. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, exactly. Right. Like you, you were literally the one that texted the McRib is back. <laughs> you did. So don't did. tell me I'm wrong. You're the one that texted me which iPhone do I get, and I was like, you're gonna get both. Shut the fuck up. I think the exact text was really testing this diet. McRib is back. McRib today. is back. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right. So next thing I got here, uh, Anderson Silva this weekend sucks. Bum me out. Um, he looked good before he got clipped the first time. It's amazing that at 45, he still looks as good he does. In the, well, he, he doesn't was look doing slow. That fucking yeah, and around he was still again. making yeah. a miss, but the second he took a clean shot, he was done. I don't. I really don't need to see him fight again. I hope that he's in one of these cases where I'm retired, and then in three years he's fighting in Bellator because that cocksucker Scott Coker will let him do it. Yep. 
Um, but then the big announcement came after the fight that Israel Adesanya is going to be moving up to 205 to fight Jan Blachowicz um, for the light heavyweight title, become a, a, a two-division champion. Um, I think he's going gonna to fuck him up. It's just the, really? the matchup-wise. Here's the thing. I, I picked Jan to beat Dominic Reyes, right? Yes. I was one of the few that picked him to beat him. Um, but I've seen him fight enough that I know that he is vulnerable. He's not a fast guy. He can definitely bully Izzy, but Izzy's going to land his shots. And this is one of these situations where I see the the, the speed advantage being so massive that it's going to be so hard for him to hit him. Now, it's going to be interesting to see when he gets hit by a guy that has, you know, you know, Izzy's going to probably weigh in at 204, 203. He probably cuts from about that, maybe 215. Yes, yeah, so um, he's not going to do But he's going to have a, Jan's going to have a much bigger uh, size difference on him. But he won't have a reach advantage. The kicks are there. He was getting hit a little bit by Dom, but he was just picking him apart. And he's not going to be able to do the stuff, the kicks to uh, to Izzy like he did to, well, Dom, uh, if, to if, Dominic Reyes. If, if you just watch the fights that Blackwoods has had, it's really like a lot of the guys he's, has, he has lumbering, fought lumbering. have really just been like relatively stationary, kind of trying to get a little bit ahead. Yeah, yeah. And but when you look at uh, you know Izzy, he's he's the culmination of fucking someone like Anderson Silva, Conor McGregor, like he incorporates so many different styles. And yeah, makes yeah. Him so fuck, that's why they call him the style bender because he could do so many things so well. I don't think he's a master at all these things, but you know what I mean? I just think that he's very good yeah, at so and, many different styles. And his timing is so good. And like, I'm waiting for the time for him to start incorporating the oblique kick. Yeah. Which, well, which he's, should be, he's which should already, be an effective I mean, weapon. He's, he's doing the calf kicks, which might be the most devastating kick. They in, fucking in, hurt. Because once you get kicked a few times in the calf, that whole leg goes fucking locked up. It's just blood blisters and just done yep. it's going to be a fascinating fight and hopefully will lead to a john jones izzy fight eventually which i think um, john would brain him i think john would be too big but john's older now and he has a lot of wear and tear so it'd be interesting if john tries making a kickboxing match even with john's um exceptional mma kickboxing skills it's a different kind of striker yeah it's um to take a word from joe rogan after anderson silva's ufc debut against chris lieben izzy is a different kind of striker but a really really fun announcement from the ufc um, one thing that we didn't get to talk about, and it's been a week since it happened, but Game 6 of the World Series happened while we were recording last week. Yes. Um, I have not been that angry at yeah. a baseball game that, even a Mets game that I've watched in a long, long time. I literally thought I was going to wake up the landlord because I go, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I was so mad when they pulled Blake Snell after giving up a single in the seventh inning after going six innings, two hits, two fucking singles. No one got to second base, nine strikeouts against this fucking world-class Dodgers lineup. Well, especially when you look at it, it's a do-or-die situation for the raising games. You gotta win it! You gotta win it! So, like, you know Blake Snell's not pitching game seven. You just can't if you're gonna push him past seven in the the third inning. Yeah. So why would you pull him there? And so here's to beat you to it. I understand the analytics thing got him there. That's you know that's sure. the whole I thing part that, of it. That I understand. got them to where they were. Yeah. So I, I I appreciate them sticking to their guns, but at the time at the time, and this is what this is what Josh said because this is why he hates Aaron Boone so much, is that he can't he doesn't have a feel. for Yeah. The there's game. no pulse for it. Where it's like you know Blake Snell is cruising. You know this guy is Cy Young caliber pitcher. He won a Cy Young a few years ago. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So like in a decisive game where it's winner go home specifically for you. To force a game seven, why wouldn't you want your best guy on the mound there? 
I, I don't. That, why that, wouldn't that's something you let the you flow got, go? It's like listen, you got your best guy in the mound, but you if you got him, lose with him too, dude. Like dude, like where's Terry Collins when you need him? Like to get to get fucking listen, uh, if, Matt Harvey off the fucking mound. Yeah, well, and then he let Harvey stay in, and it could burn you, and it could fucking. Like, he, who, who was to say that he wasn't going to go nine inning no, two I, hit shutout? Listen, I like, understand. Shut the fuck up. What? What's up with these guys in baseball? This game that is instinct, that is purity, going by a fucking script. So you're going to tell me if this was back in the fucking sixties. Sandy Koufax is going fucking six innings, seven innings, gives up two hits. You follow this fucking script because, oh, his spin rate went down. Oh, the exit velocity yeah, of that was eight miles per hour faster. He, Shut the fuck up. Yeah, but you're also talking about Sandy Koufax there, bud. You know yeah, what I'm but, saying? but they had a script anyway. No, you understand. got your fucking horse out there. Ride your fucking horse. Why I know he hasn't, he hasn't pitched in the seventh inning or past seven innings in 21 straight starts, but he was fucking cruising. And the second they pulled him out of the game, you saw the Dodgers lineup go, fuck, yes, they lit up, yeah, you gave them the advantage and you just fucked the whole thing up. You deserve to lose when it's like that. Yeah, you facts. 100% do. And when you give a team an advantage like that, and not, not only that, I would have been against removing him from the beginning, but then you bring in a reliever in Anderson who would be getting lit up in the World Series because you wrote a script on how you wanted the game to go. They were pulling him no matter what. He could have had fucking Max Scherzer on there, Justin Verlander, Jacob DeGrom. He was pulling him after the sixth inning regardless. If it, it's just it's insane to me. Analytics have their place. The Dodgers are one of the most analytic heavy teams in the league, but they have a manager who I don't think is great, but he's good. And they know when you got your guys, you ride with them. And to do that, and then of course you had all the controversy with uh, Justin Turner at the end, which I'm very. Um, I had no issue with him going well, out there. Well, you, you also you also just hate the fact that the, the Mets let Turner. No, win. honestly, I'm very happy for Justin because no, he, he played his no, ass I'm off. Saying you're, you're more mad at the Mets. Than yeah, Justin and Turner. but but the thing what? so Justin Turner finds out in the eighth, eighth inning, inning that he tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, so my first question is, holy shit, how is the player finding out during ga the game that, that he tested positive? That's wild to me. <clears throat> and then you find out that uh, his first test was inconclusive, so they ran another one. And I would think that if someone was inconclusive, that means that you it's, it should be a presumptive positive, right? Correct. Yeah, well, so, yeah, you expect the worst. So he finds out he tests positive. They pull him from the game. They win the World Series. And then security is like, you can't go out there. He's like, I'm going out there. And they said, all right. And he goes <laughs> yeah, out there. Right. So I had no issue went out there because what happened in the 30 to 45 minutes between you know his finding out he's positive and him being pulled from the game was he did he not have the coronavirus that entire time it could be yeah like a, what the fuck is he magically now, cured was it well it wasn't even that like it wasn't he it's not like he just no it wasn't that he got was magically cured did he suddenly get it in the 8th inning because that's we know that didn't happen it means that he could have been spreading it to his team that entire time so, in the dugout on the field on the base pads and now you're telling me that it's a problem is it a bad look Sure, the optic is bad that he's out there kissing his wife and Clint Kershaw's out there with his baby with a pacifier in its mouth and this dude has coronavirus. It's a bad optic. I do not blame Justin Turner. I blame Major League Baseball for allowing it to get to that situation where you could put the blame on the player when as Major League Baseball, it is your responsibility to make the best decisions. No, I completely agree. And this is one of those things where you need a coach, you, you, you need a higher up because these players are going to go out there and do what they want to sure. do. It's the same thing in football. Sometimes you need to save them from themselves. Yeah. But in this particular situation, while I understand, you know, obviously Clayton Kershaw, is, like there's children... Yeah, out on the field. I mean, you just won the World Series. It's a special circumstance, so I totally get that. But also, to your point, 
like, was he not spreading it yeah. an hour and but a half what, before was that? Was he suddenly more contagious? Wait, Shut the fuck it's up. It's also, like, just because you have an inconclusive... Why is that the story? But it's just because you have an inconclusive test doesn't necessarily mean you, you, you do or do not have it. Yeah. But like you said, you presume the worst. It should be a presumptive positive. He yes. He definitely had it. So that's where all the other teams, when they have a But that's more on the Dodgers in baseball than anything else. Yeah, it's absolutely... I, I blame baseball more than anything else, and they're going to scapegoat Justin Turner and probably suspend him for, like, 20 fucking games. That's so fucking stupid. And, and then they're going to find him game checks? Yeah, they're going to find like, him game checks. That doesn't make any fucking uh, sense. It, it's ridiculous. First it's, of all, you're the one that let him back the fuck out there. Bingo. Fire the Why are the security guards held yeah, fucking what, accountable? What did, what because did, it's, a, it's a private security did, firm. Did he fucking hit him with a billy club and say, I'm going out there? <laughs> like, it, it was it was so fucking dumb. And the thing that annoyed me is that it took Kevin Cash off the hook. And Kevin Cash should still be AL Manager of the Year. No doubt about it. But with a twenty million it, it, the, dollar payroll, the story became about Justin Turner and the coronavirus rather than Kevin Cash with maybe the worst World Series decision in history. I I don't know enough history to, uh, to I, I, verify I can, that. I can tell you that I, thinking through cases that that's the worst. I, I, letting I mean, letting Pedro stay in in the two thousand three ALCS to get lit up um, by the Yankees was say, a horrible decision. Well, same thing, uh, uh, Terry Collins um, you know, letting Matt Harvey that go one doesn't out. bother me as much. It's well, only, it's, it's only it's hindsight a, well, kind of thing. It's a boomer bust thing. Like, yeah. Listen, he's either, he's either he's either a genius for letting him stay or he's well, an idiot. That's the, the big difference with the Terry Collins thing. Everyone loved it when he did it. Uh, so well, it, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, we all did. So the crowd was chanting for it. But um, shifting to other baseball news, it's done. The deal's done. Thank fucking God. Uncle Stevie's here. We got an owner that is already doing more than the Wilpons have done in the last 20 years. Dude, what? The first week? He, he's already extended. He, he already gave a qualifying offer to Marcus Well, the, uh, to be fair, that's actually um, not true. That's actually... He's technically not making the baseball decision I'm yet. I'm not saying he is. I'm saying... It's actually... That was extended by Brody Van Wagenen and the Wilpons, technically speaking. I don't care. And... Yeah, go ahead. Either way. So then on top of that, he's already... He's reinstating... Um, he's reinstating 20, uh, 2020 salaries to see uh, to back pay, back, back pay, pay twenty four million dollars worth. And he's also he, he set up a fund. I mean the Bla- I mean the Blasio. All the reason why he even tried to block the sale, quote unquote, was try to squeeze more fucking money out of him. And it was to try to build up. I, the, honestly, flushing. I, don't, I don't even think that's what it was. I, I think, think the, so because look at the chop shops right around well, fucking no, city field. I, I think Cohen was going to do shit like that regardless because it came out seventeen million dollars is going in the areas around it. But I think the Blasio just wanted to be like I'm the guy that did it because the second that it comes out that the owners approved him, and 20 minutes later, his fucking press secretary yep. tweets out a picture of a Mets jersey that says de Blasio on it. He just wanted to be like, I'm the guy that got it done because I haven't done anything else in the city well, in my or, time as Mets. How did this jerk-off get nominated, win a second fucking well, term? So, so wait, hold on. He did that, and then knowing full well that the ele- like that he is one of the, the most hated mayors. The in- most hated mayor in America, I would Correct. say. And knowing full well, and especially knowing that the the type of fan base the Mets have, and knowing how fucking snake bitten they've been for years, and this is the first real good news they've had in a very long. Yeah, he time. wanted some of that like, rub. He wanted good, that rub. He's like, look, look what I did. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're, well, you, I agree with the you fact with that, that yes. he he's already on Twitter and in, interacting with fans, and some of them have been so funny. Someone says a thing. Um, I've been banned from City Field since 2012 because I sent some tweets out criticizing Fred and Jeff Wilpon. I was a season ticket holder, and he's and, and Cohen replies, "Is this true?" He sends. He shows him the letter. He's like, "All right, we'll take care of this." And he he's asking for things that they want. And they were like, "Have an old timers day." Every team that has somewhat of a history should have an old timers day. Yeah, why not? When you have players, it's a fun thing for the fans. It's a great day to boost ticket sales and yeah, revenue. I mean, like I, I would go crazy to see Mike Piazza. Yeah, well, not people are mad at him now. <laughs> you missed oh, the well, joke. 
What? Yes. Oh, that's oh, that's what it was. Okay, I got you. What yeah. did we say before I still, he wasn't here? I still, oh, yeah, exactly. I still would. Uh, I still love Mike Piazza. But get me some Edgardo Alfonso out there. John Olerud, Ray Ordonez. Bring up all those fucking like, Tom Seaver. Or, just, eh, maybe yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, Daryl uh, Strawberry could do lines well, with like, Doc Gooden's cock. To bring back Lenny Dykstra. <laughs> Lenny, Di- oh, well, God. Like, yeah, well, listen, like even though we are blessed with with uh, Ron and Keith, I would all love the to time, see him play a softball game on the field. Who would love to see the greatest Dude, I've defensive to, first baseman of all time take the field again? Shut the fuck up. Watch him get thrown out the fucking plate again. Yeah, that was Jeremy Giambi. No, it was it was no, it was uh, Jason Giambi when he played for the A's. No, that was Jer- was that, I think it was Jeremy that got actually. No. Oh yeah, it was it was, it was Jason, Jason Giambi. Yeah, then Jeremy came the next year. Yes. Actually, that's another thing that's, I watched. We watched. That's Moneyball. We watched Moneyball the other night actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, there's a million things. That, uh, someone actually said to Stevie Cohen on Twitter. Um, what he, suggestions he was asking for? Jason Giambi. He, shut he up. goes. <laughs> he goes. Um, a retractable roof, and he goes. I got to give you credit. This is the most expensive suggestion <laughs> yeah, anyone's given. Right. But he was taking suggestions about um, like a loyalty program and putting something out at first base to show exactly where the ball at the in the parking lot where the Shea Stadium first base is. Yeah, they have it there. Put something where Bill Buckner was standing when it went through its legs. Set up a photo op thing. There's all these things and honor the Mets history more because as much as I love City Field, it's almost as much a Dodgers memorial that than it is a Mets history kind of thing. There's not enough Mets history there, and the fact that he's a fan. The fact that he's got this incredibly hot wife outkicked his coverage. Good for him. Um, it, it, it's just really exciting. He's to, an ugly fuck. Man. Oh, he's fucking. I, I, that, yo, that shit is gross. I, yo, <laughs> I, I legit love that guy because, listen, usually w- w- with with temperamental owners or with ownership that's mostly dysfunctional, we've heard, I, I've heard more from bad ownership, and usually that means that's really bad things. Yeah, that are yeah, happening. yeah. Like, like the whole big thing, like, cool, uh, like, cool, cool, cool. like when they named like Tom Seaver Way and then they asked sure, about sure. the like, Piazza stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Fred just, or, or Jeff just threw it under the bus, of didn't course. give a fuck. That's what he does. Um, you know, s- stuff with Jerry Jones with Dan Snyder, all this shit. Even throughout this entire process, you've heard A-Rod and J-Lo try to smear Stevie... Co- uh, Steve, I almost said Stevie Coogan. Stevie Coogan, yeah. yeah. Imagine Steve Co- Coogan on the like Mets. I've been raped in, in the, the face. face. <laughs> so you haven't heard a word. I, I've never heard this guy speak. No, and that's... It's it's going to be interesting to see, like, and he's the already already the richest owner in baseball. Yeah, and he comes in at such a good time to see what they could do, make some moves. It's just it's really exciting to have, you know, the the Mets have always been a team that they did bargain shopping to see what they could get. Like in 2015, they made the big move to trade for Cespedes. Okay, but the season and during the season, when you look at what their lineup was earlier in the season, they didn't have like anything. And the season after that, they're like, oh, we signed Todd Frazier, and like, okay, Todd Frazier's a nice player, but. You're a New York team. You should be going after fucking prime rib, not fucking London broil. That's one of my favorite mini docs, the Tears of Joy. The, yeah, the, the, Wilmer the Flores. Yeah, it's great. It's Mets. great. Um, but you know when you're that earlier in that season, your fucking cleanup batter is John Mayberry Jr. Well, that's what they were. Fuck I think, you. I think the exact words were it was barely a Triple A lineup. It was dude horrific. And then the, the other one they were saying was like, well, that was the year they brought Conforto up. Yeah, yeah. From Double A, and then uh, there was uh, Michael Kadire was on that team as well. Yeah, he goes, which he was a big signing, and Kadire was a really good player, but he was old. He was old. He yes. was old as shit. He was way past his when he played for the Twins. Yeah, he was Twins, the Rockies. Kadire was. I a, remember him playing for the Twins. Kadire was a great. I. Loved Michael Kadire. Except when he played for the Mets. You know, because well, he was, was old. He was old. It wasn't his fault. But there's, uh, you see, the the Tigers hired AJ Hinch. He's back in baseball. It was only a matter of time. And, I, and, and it looks like the Red Sox are going to bring back Alex Cora. And I say good. Um, Fine. You know what? You know, it's so I feel so far removed from that whole cheating thing. I'm so we over all it. I don't we care. all should have because I've said it a thousand times. People that think it was the reason they won don't know baseball. Well, okay. I I think I, as far as it being a deciding factor, no shot. 
No, I, as no. far as far it as didn't help being, them pitch as well. Garrett Cole and Justin yeah. Verlander. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like Charlie Morton, too. Tra- well, right. And, you know, Jose Altuve. You know, I mean, it helped the hitters of more course, than anything. Of course like, it like, helped. Like, look, look, look at Altuve and Bregman. Look what happened now. They fucking stunk. Sure. Um, but well, then, you saw, then, you saw, then you saw what Altuve did in the postseason. He batted fucking 490. I agree. I, I think, again, I've, I have such a hard time judging any player based on this season, but I think Altuve is going to be fine. Uh, well, you could judge him when he can't fucking throw to yeah, first base. Exactly. And then, But then give Dusty, I got to give Dusty Baker credit for yeah. sticking with him yeah, because. because he came out of it. Um, they just happened to lose. So yeah. um, the next things we got here, uh, we lost a legend this week um, in the uh, Mr. Bond, uh, the, uh, the great Sean Connery. Yeah, the Spanish conquistador with a Scottish accent. Uh, what a legend. What a fucking career. Indiana Jones' father. The Rock, yeah. James Bond. So he has one of my favorite quotes in a movie. The of League all of time. Extraordinary Gentlemen. I like the League. <laughs> oh no, that movie stunk. I know, but I like it anyway. Even though Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde is fucking. You awful. were at an age where that was probably cool, and I mean, Josh and I were probably too. We were old enough to realize that it stunk. Yeah, yeah. big facts. Bro. I remember I, seeing it, being like, "This is not, not good." No, I, I thought it was gonna be so cool. The coolest and part it was of that, such honestly, ass. The, co- the only part I really like, truly now still enjoy, kind of is like the. I think the Nautilus is cool as shit. It has some cool stuff in it. It just yeah. doesn't work on any fundamental level. So the uh, what was it? What is the Sean Connery thing from The Rock? And he goes, uh, you know, losers go home early, winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Yeah, dude. Like the Nicholas. I know. I'm gonna watch The Rock this week the Rock for is sure. A great movie. Um, and you know, it's so funny that so many people from our generation, their best memory of Sean Connery is uh, Celebrity Jeopardy from SNL. Daryl Hammond doing it oh, when he yeah, just yeah, rips yeah. on Alex Trebek. It's uh, <laughs> famous titties for four hundred. Famous Alex. titty. There's so many of those that are. Titles. So, so funny. Um, suck it, Trebek. Or uh, no, my me, fa- the guy that slept with your mother last night. <laughs> he always is banging his mother. Oh, wait, what was what was the other one? Oh, he's got the the thing <laughs> that says an album title or an album cover. It goes, "I'll take anal bum, anal cover, bum cover for seven One of my favorites is he goes, "You would, Trebek, with your dago mustache and your <laughs> greasy hair." <laughs> your dago mustache. And once again, please refrain from racial slurs. <laughs> um, wait, no, dude. The greatest thing ever when he was doing the final Jeopardy, and it was like, "I'm sorry, Alex." And he goes, well, that's that's awfully nice of you. I, I accept friend, your apology. Friend. And then he goes, I'm sorry, Tre- I'm sorry, Alex. Trebek is such a fruit. Yeah. And then his one of his final Jeopardies, it's Trebek's grave with him pooping on it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Sean Connery was, uh, you know, no matter what, even if you have other favorite Bonds, he was the template he for was, every yeah, he Bond. He was the Bond. He yeah. was the Bond that became, when you heard the quote, Bond, James Bond, the first thing you thought of was Sean Connery. Yeah. And Josh, I know your favorite Bond is uh, Dalton. Yeah, yeah, Andy? yeah. Uh, Timothy Dalton is your Andy. favorite. Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, shut up. Um, but you know, everyone would agree, even because I am a big, uh, I'm a Daniel Craig truther that I think he's been. Well, the, I'm, I'm a Roger Moore. Truther. Roger Moore was great too, but they all are nowhere without Sean Connery. Oh, and, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm also Pierce truther just because he's my he's it has my favorite movie golden eyes your That's, favorite yeah it is i like golden i actually well, love okay. golden eye it's my favorite for nostalgia purposes strictly well, because of the video, the video game, game and the movie sure. the, i, will, as far I as love like the my, movie but the video game is better than the movie as far as my favorite one and i've said it a thousand times the best bond movie ever fucking made is octopussy um i'm gonna say moonraker <laughs> yeah, moonraker yeah, yeah. <laughs> moonraker stinks um uh, the other two things i have here as far as announcements go um, it was announced earlier this week that Netflix was going to be producing a Vince McMahon documentary, a multi-part series. I'm very interested to see. I mean, like, do we need it though? Because we kind of already know the story, but it depends and on who who's going to be speaking on it. Because it's got to be Vince, Vince is such a fascinating character to just know. Like, I want to see hear about the failures of his bodybuilding league. And oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's just so many interesting the steroid uh, trial and shit like that. Yeah. But then today. 
Lillian Garcia announces that the producers of The Last Dance are working right now in a multi-part Stone Cold Steve Austin documentary. Good, we need that. Yeah, we need that we, in our lives. We need it, and that's another one. I hope they don't gloss over, you know, his his DUIs, domestic violence well, arrests. I think so, it's important to stick with those. Well, things. that was the thing because that's my only issue I ever had. My favorite thing when I had WWE Network was watching the documentaries, but my issue was always they were produced by WWE. Yeah, because so I glossed it, over the real shit. Yeah, yeah, of which course. is why I loved like the Although, Dark Side of the Ring series was amazing. Fantastic. I don't know if you got to see the Undertaker documentary. Documentary um, that they just did a few months ago, no. the, um, the Last Ride, dude, it is incredible. It's very good. It's all about just his last like year and a half in wrestling, okay, it, and his training to come back and shit like that, dude. It's fucking great. Was it the was it like the that WWE twenty four? Was that what it was? Or no, was it it's like, like an actual... it's a multi part thing called the oh, Last Ride. Okay. I think it's four or five parts because the uh, the WWE twenty four thing I watched was like his his last match at the time was with uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, and it, it goes. It, it's about him coming back from that when he did the quick match with. Uh, John Cena yes. as like redemption so that was really good um, guys I forgot to bring the scale in so this is what we're gonna do um, honor system honor system Okay. I want you guys to tell me did you guys weigh yourself recently no. I did okay I weighed so, myself above so yesterday what, what, um, what it was your weight okay you know what wait for Josh to weigh you sure. know scale at home yeah okay when you get home weigh yourself take the picture send it to me then you tell me what you weighed and then I'll announce it um, we'll take care of it from there I'll mark it down we'll compare it next week sure. um, honor system because if you tell me you lost six pounds and then next week it says you weighed X amount yeah. then you owe money yeah, so facts. honor yeah. system on that so let's get into our NFL picks guys yes, how's that sound alright so last week um, Josh had his worst week to date um, it, it, he's still in first so can't shit on him too much but um, he really loves his team to the point where he wants to honor them. Um, I will say, though, the Chargers are letting the Falcons off the hook, becoming the first team in NFL history to have four straight games where they blew 16-point leads. 16-point plus. Yeah. Because they, they were up 24-3. to three. Yeah, on the Saints. So Josh... On the um, Broncos. Josh in first place went 6-8 and eight last week, and he is now 82-35-1. Taylor with the best week at 9-5 and five is in second at 81-36-1. And, and I went 8-6, and six, bringing me at third at 80-37-1. There's only two games separating all of us so we're, we're in the second half of the season now down the stretch gonna be very very exciting to see who gets booze and who has to watch the 50 shades movies can i tell you i was sweating that baltimore pittsburgh game <laughs> yeah you so are so bad yeah you are but by the way just before we even go into it i'm so happy that rivalry is back oh I'm yeah i'm so me too. happy that lamar jackson turned into geno smith why do you hate games. lamar jackson so no no much? no. i really don't hate him. i'm I, I like being a troll about it okay gotcha. I, know, I, 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 I genuinely think he's a fantastic quarterback and it's only his second full year starting <laughs> yeah so give him some time and big he won games an MVP really at age 22 I, he's I'm, gonna be fine i'm really i just like being a troll about it all right, so um, let's start out with, uh, our, before we do the picks, a couple things I want to go over. Give me your five best teams in the league right now. Each five person. Best, I mean, even after. I mean, Just five best teams, your power, five top five power ranking right now through eight weeks of the season. Uh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Tennessee, no. They just lost two in a row. Shh. It's mine. Okay. Tennessee. Can't, this is in a particular order, by the way. This is how I'm thinking. Uh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City. Uh, who's in the NFC right now? Seattle. Well, Tampa. No, Tampa barely beat the Giants. I would say Seattle, and then the other one would probably be, yeah, whatever. Whatever the other one you just said, the Bucks. Seattle and the Bucks. Yeah, Seattle. Okay, Josh. Who are your top five? Uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, um, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and. I know they lost, but the Packers. 
Yeah, I would. I wanted to put the Packers on there, but the way they lost to the the Vikings, just it's the same thing. They can't defend a. They a didn't physical, lose to the Vikings. They lost to Dalvin. Cook. They lost to Dalvin. Well, that's what I was going to say. They can't defend a powerful running back no, at all. Um, and he's on pace right now to break Ladainian Tomlinson's rushing touchdown record. Um, Four touchdowns so, on Sunday. Yeah. So um, my top would be um, in order would be um, Steelers, Chiefs, um, uh, Seahawks, Bucks. And then I'll go. The yeah, fifth. see, it's hard. Five is hard. I'm gonna because, because, because I'm gonna there's st- a bunch of teams on the fringe. I, I'm gonna stick with uh, Baltimore just because the defense is so goddamn good still, and they can still run the ball. And I just see them in one of these teams that everyone's kind of shitting on them right now, shitting on them. And I could see them just going on a run where they win like six of their last seven kind of thing. I love that you say that now. Yeah, shitted. So I'm going to give Baltimore my five because I do love that defense in that running game. And J.K. Dobbins looks like exactly like Ray Rice in yeah, his prime. Yeah, scary. So I think it's one of these things where, you know, I don't think the the poor play of the offense is going to sustain. Sure. Um, so I'll give that my top five. And your bottom five teams. Bottom five teams would be the Jets, <laughs> yeah, the Giants. Uh, just say Jets, NFC East. Jets, Giants, <laughs> Cowboys, um, uh, the Washington football team. They're pretty bad. And then I would probably go with, as far as just, being underachievers, and I know, no, nah, I can't say because they're five and three. Uh, yeah, you can't put an underachiever there. I would say, I would even, uh, I would even say the Eagles. To be honest, um, my bottom five would be Jets. Jaguars is the second worst. That's team. the team. Yeah, I Jaguars, Jaguars. Um, Giants, Cowboys, football team. Oh, I revised my top five for the best. I'm sorry. Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tennessee, uh, Indianapolis, and then Seattle. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Josh, who are your five worst teams? Uh, Jets, Giants, Cowboys, football team, Falcons. Okay, fair. I mean, what's crazy is the Falcons, if yeah, not yeah. for that fucking game the, uh, two weeks ago, they'd be 3-0 and under Raheem Morris. Fucking assholes cost so, me $500. Yeah. You know what's pretty funny? If they didn't fucking, if that didn't happen and they didn't blow the fucking historic lead to the Cowboys and then do it the same fucking... <laughs> they'd be 6-1? and one? Yeah. <laughs> Shit and one. <laughs> All right. Um, who is the most surprising team this year in a positive sense? In a positive sense? Yeah. Indianapolis. Okay, Josh? I'm more surprised than Philip Rivers. Um, yep, they're uh, Arizona. Arizona. I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna be biased. My Dolphins. Uh, they're, well, they're in the I conversation mean, at least. I mean, when you play um, the fucking when you play who would they play again? They just beat the Rams. Yeah, when you beat the, they were five and two. Yeah, dude. yeah. Like when you when you take them out to the fucking woodshed as bad as they did. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, most surprising team, disappointing wise, has to be the Patriots, right? Yeah. With the way they started, with where they are now, to be two and five, and then I think the other thing that hurts it is how well Brady's playing down in Tampa. Kind, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but for me, I got to go even again also because they're five and three. I, I still think the Browns are still very much uh, disappointing because the three losses could easily be wins. Well, the two were blowouts. But what I'm saying is, is that it's such silly little mistakes that they're making. Yeah, yeah. When There's, they lose, it's this. I game, mean, listen, that that what's his name, Serafinsky. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing a good enough job, but you just see the inexperience, and you just Stefanski, see Kevin Stefanski. Th- they're just not ready. Yeah, um, we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But let's just, um, uh, Josh, who's your most disappointing team in a negative sense? The Falcons. The Falcons, fair. All right, uh, let's get into our picks for the week. Uh, first game, Thursday night, uh, the Green Bay Packers coming off the, the loss to the to Dalvin Cook um, yes. and uh, facing the 49ers who just lost everyone again. Yeah. Um, they, they're coming off a, a loss that um, I don't even, you know, they got close at the end, but I don't think this game was as close as the final score indicates. Uh, the Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Josh, you're the front runner here. Who are you taking? Uh, I am taking the Packers. Okay. Packers in the points. 
yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm going to take the Packers. Um, there was some concern uh, that their all their running backs have COVID. Um, Is that why they just traded for a running back? Did they no, just no? no they no, no, they, they just tra- they just tried trading for resign Will- Eddie Lacy. Resign Eddie no, Lacy. The Dolphins just traded for yes, a running they back. did. Um, but they AJ Dillon's out with a uh, COVID. Um, they don't know if Aaron Jones is going to be ready. But uh, the 49ers just too beat up, and we've been saying for weeks now the injuries are going to catch up, and you started to see that on Thursday well, on Sunday, especially night. now that like you know you say what you want about Garoppolo, he's still your starting quarterback, and then one of the greatest t- one of the best tight ends in the league right now Maybe, goes down for the rest of the season. Yeah, you know you lost you lost two of your top offensive weapons. Yeah, it's I mean you still got Roheem Mostert, but. You you can't be the only guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you lost Tevin, Tevin Coleman's hurt again, so Tev, same thing. Right. Um, all right, next game, uh, great game. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks coming off the win over the 49ers at the Buffalo Bills, who, um, you know, should have at minimum gone to overtime in that Patriots game until Cam fumbled it. Uh, the Seahawks are three-point favorites at home. Uh, the Bills got back on track. Uh, they looked like they were reeling a little bit. Um, but uh, I still don't think the Bills played a great clean game considering what the Patriots are doing right now. It still just looks like they are they don't know what their identity is, and the things that they were good at last year, running the ball and defending the run, are gone now. Yeah, it's still pretty sloppy in Buffalo, but I think... I think that win in New England specifically, like I, I, I'm saying, I'm, I mean, they I, lost. I think sixteen of their last seventeen in New England. I've been saying it a thousand times, but it's also not new knowledge to anyone who actually follows the NFL to any type of degree. Division games are fucking weird. Yeah, for sure. No matter how bad the teams are, for sure. And for sure. E- and even though the Patriots have been playing awful the last three weeks, specifically. Um, them making it close wasn't really that surprising to me because all three of us took New England. Yeah. And when you look at it, Buffalo needed to make a play, and they did. So that's a game, no matter how bad you're playing, that could be a game that sparks them the rest of the season. Because, sure. you know, like so, New England's been the perennial powerhouse of the, yep, NFC, for of the sure. AFC They've East for 20 years. Yep. So it's about time that someone takes the fucking hold of the reins in the division finally. Yeah. Josh, who are you taking? Seahawks-Bills. Uh, you know... Last week, reporters, after the game, reporters asked uh, Pete Carroll, you know, what's going on? Like, what, what do you attribute your success to? And he said, you know, there's just something about different about the chemtrails over Seattle. Uh, I am taking the Seahawks in this game. You know, the chemtrail. Shut up. Nothing makes me happier. Every week. He comes up with a new one. He's going to eventually forget what they, yep. once he's named when he tries it. It's going to be like the reigning, defending, undisputed, the, yo, the Paul the, McCartney's dead, yo, these, 9-11 truthing. Like these do-nothing refs. Yeah. Like, uh, like, I forget who you said, but like someone's offense is as flat he's gonna as be, He's going to have to start Googling conspiracy theories. He's, like, he's also claiming that... Um, Did you say the moon landing yet? I did. Yeah. Oh, you did. I got ah. the I got the next one for you. Like he's claiming that um the water made Michael Sam gay. <laughs> um, Taylor, who are you taking? Who's playing again? Seahawks. Bills. Ugh. 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 Give me Seattle. Fuck. All right. Uh, next game, the Baltimore Ravens. Who are you Ravens. taking? Uh, oh, I'm taking uh, the Seahawks as well. Sorry. Uh, the next game, the Baltimore Ravens coming off that loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts with a nice win. Great defensive effort. Fantastic defense over there. Rivers playing very well. A little worried about one of my rookie of the year favorites, Jonathan Taylor, who's not hitting the hole very well. Um, I mean, does, you don't have to when Naheem, Naheem Hines is correct. playing as well as um, he is. He's you know? playing great. Uh, the Ravens uh, ran for 260 yards before Lamar Jackson turnovers really cost them that game. By all accounts, they should have won that game. They outgained them by like 220 yards. I really don't disagree with you there. It's, they were in a place to win it, which makes me think that this is one of these things where you tighten the ship. Um, it's the first time the Colts are facing a defense that is probably better than theirs. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to take Baltimore. I, I think that this is one of these games where the, the running game is going to force Phillip Rivers to have to throw the ball more. And when that happens, I don't. I still don't trust as much as 
I love Phillip Rivers. I think he's a Hall of Famer. It's I don't trust him at this point in his career to do that. So give me the Ravens and give me the points. I think they're going to win by at least ten. It's hard. To, it's hard to pick against the Ravens because like I, I know Indianapolis has the highest scoring defense in the league at the moment. Yeah, they have ten and, defensive touchdowns this year, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to pit that. I, I Usually still that think balance that off, is out. That offense is still very sloppy. Yeah. and Lamar is still Lamar. I don't want to say he's prone to turnovers. He's not Danny Dimes turning no, it over. No. But in he's, big, at a, he's at a stretch right now. He's got the yips. In big spots at the moment, at the moment, he is turning the ball over in big situations when you can't afford yeah, a turnover. Yeah. So for that particular situation, and because I think Phillip Rivers doesn't have to have the type of game he had last week, and because that defense is so fucking good, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a field goal game. It's going to be Indianapolis. Okay, Josh? Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Ravens in a bounce back game. Okay. Uh, next game, uh, this is a trash game. Uh, the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars um, jumping over Mike Glennon as their backup to go with an undrafted kid to play quarterback whose name is escaping me. Texans six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um, they were trying to trade Will Fuller today. They wouldn't accept anything other than a second-round pick. Which, which is fucking stupid. Yeah, when you have no draft capital, you should at least take a, take a third, maybe even a fourth, Dude, for a guy that has has potential but is underachieved. So who's running that team now? Because Bill O'Brien was everything. Um, I forgot his name. He used to be a Patriots assistant, assistant though. No wonder why he was an um, assistant. He wasn't fucking good at that job Josh, either. Josh, who are you taking? Uh, I am taking the Texans. Taking the Texans and the points. Deshaun I, Watson is going to fucking go nuts. I, I think so, too, but I'm going to be rooting for the Jaguars because I want to keep that pick of the Texans in the top what's, five. What's the Texans' record? Because then they have a bye week last they week. They have one win. So you're fine. We have a top four pick right now. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. I I, I would love a Jaguars. It's, an, it's, an, it's another deep, it's another deep draft. So you're yeah, fine. Exactly. Um, next game, uh, the Bears uh, coming <laughs> off a very close loss to the um, the the fucking Saints at the Titans, who <laughs> the had a, su- the, a surprising loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. You're starting to see some warts in the Titans. Their defense looks shot. Vic Beasley was just released a couple hours ago. Yeah, he stinks. Um, he stinks. Um, good draft pick, Josh. Yeah. Um, the the Titans are five and a half point favorites at home. He, he had his best season with you. So yeah, he fine. had 15 sacks one year. So yeah. um, don't know how, don't know why it happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, he never duplicated. Never yeah, came right. close. Um, the Titans five and a half point favorites at home. Um, good game. I actually think these teams match up pretty well. The Bears, the Bears are such an unspectacular team. Despite you know David Montgomery's so really good, boring. he's forced the most missed tackles in the league at thirty eight. Allen Robinson is one of the most quarterback friendly receivers, and they don't throw it to him enough ever. Um, you had the big fight in the Bears game. I wouldn't even call it a fight. It was a fight with a football helmet. Dude, um, the guy swung twice and he just stood there and pointed at him. Like, I what are fucking, you doing? I fucking died when he took the first punch and he just didn't move. So did so, and I love Janoris Jenkins jumping on him. So did you? See the thread that I retweeted about yeah, yeah. what the guy thought really. So apparently that guy took Wims's uh, mouthpiece. mouthpiece and yes, he did. There's it. a video of it. And then you see when the Bears go no. up to the lines. He, they said he waited like in real time, 21 minutes. Yeah. The very first play, he goes in there and he fucking swings at him. Yeah, and then gets himself suspended for two games, and that really shifted the momentum well, so against th- the Bears because next play, Nick Foles gets picked off. And the Saints drive down the field. So it, when he was suspended, was he suspended by the league or by the by Bears? the league? Two games. See, that's fucking without dumb. pay. The ba- the Bears should have taken. Nagy care of that. should have cut him because he's a guy that barely plays anyway. That's what I'm saying. He's barely yeah. a special teamer. Yeah. Um, but uh, in this game, uh, give me the Titans. I think that they're they're going to bounce back. Their style of football is meant to when you have bad games to kind of bounce back because of the way they run the ball. Even though the Bears have a very good run defense, I think this game will be close because of the Bears defense. But give me the Titans. 
Uh, give me the Titans as well because I think Ryan Tannehill did not have a good game last no, week at all. No, the whole and team I, really didn't though. And it's 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 what kind of stinks is because like Tannehill that whole end of last year when he took over the starting job yeah. he was fucking phenomenal. Uh-huh. Now you're kind of seeing what Tannehill was in Miami. Even and but the thing is when they, he doesn't have a running game going consistently, this is who he is. But, usually, but the thing is too is because like I I believe in Vrabel and Mike Rabel as a coach, so I'll, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Of this. Sometimes you lay an egg, sometimes it happens. It happens any given Sunday, man. You're right. That's why you play the game. Yeah. It's so. A, yeah, give me the Titans. Give me the points as well. Um, the Bears have not surprised me at all this year. Uh, it's exactly who you thought they'd be. You picked them to win the division, I uh, believe. The, the Bears are who we thought they were. Yeah, shut up. Uh, <laughs> all right. What's his name? Danny, Green. Danny Green. Green. He's, He's dead. dead. He's dead. <laughs> is he? He yeah. died like in 2015, dude. Yeah, dude a while ago. Oh, this is worse than Roger Ebert. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, God damn. Yeah. You, like I said, uh, the, they've not done anything surprising to me. They've looked very consistent all year. Um, consistently, 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 like no, consistently and consistent. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bears here because uh, I like the defense. Uh, I think that they're going to um, force Tannehill to throw the ball. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I, t- I don't take think Henry out of the game as much as you possibly can, and they have the defense to do it. Yeah, so tell it's you not what, crazy. that other that backup running back didn't play bad. No, he did not. Um, when you have an offensive line like that, it helps. Well, um, the next game, no uh, how line, much right? time do we have to spend on this one? Carolina Panthers coming off a loss to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, at Surprising. the Can- at the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs eleven point favorites. Uh, yeah, Chiefs. Chiefs. I think. I uh, love that video of the Chiefs players just fucking dancing in front of the Jets. <laughs> I was fucking crying. So I, I, He's giving Tyreek Hill a piggyback ride. Well, because so they thought Tyreek Hill got hurt there. Yeah. So that's always why I picked them up. But I, yeah, dude, so as much as I know that Kansas City is going to cover this spread handedly, I really think that Carolina is going to surprise a lot of early people. Early on, they might. Even and the th- Jets played them tough a little early on. I think on. until halftime, it's going to be competitive, and then they're gonna, the Chiefs are going to hit their stride, and it's going to be a wrap. Uh, what's, so Tyreek Hill tied an NFL record on Sunday. Of course he did. Um. For most forty-yard touchdowns in a career, for most punches to his pregnant girlfriend's face. Well, that's allegedly. Um, but uh, he has here. He has twenty-three touchdowns of forty yards or more, tying Randy Moss. Yeah, when you tie Randy Moss, that's that's, that, that's, that's crazy. Elite company. He is on a Hall of Fame trajectory he, right no, now. No, he is. Yeah, he, it's it's crazy. I mean, his his style of play. Usually, when these guys tend to lose it, they're like done. So it'll be interesting to see. But he is a special talent, so no for, doubt. So for some reason, I have a very vague memory of Tyreek Hill not being a wide receiver originally. For some reason, I remember him. They used him like a gadget position. back, like the, Cordero, uh, Cordero Patterson, like how they used him. He was like a gadget type player for yeah. a little bit. He mostly did kick returns and shit like that. Uh, next game is um, the NFC Least dumpster fire. Uh, I guess this is an important game because they all are when they're NFC teams, NFC East teams. Uh, the New York Football Giants, who I can say, despite only having one win and the worst record in the league, have played the most consistent football um, quarter to quarter in the league I don't or in the division, on the league in the division, taking on the Washington Football Team. The Washington Football Team is three and a half point favorites at home. Um, they played the Bucks tough last night. Yeah, they did. Um, uh, Josh, who are you taking? Uh, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. I was uh, looking the, at the election stuff. Oh, don't don't even say anything. We already covered it. <laughs> okay. um, uh, Giants at football team. Oh, who cares? I'll take the Giants. <laughs> uh, uh, give me the football team. Um, okay, so I'm going to take the Giants um, because in his career, Daniel Jones has four wins. Three, three of, of those wins are yeah. against the football team. <laughs> yeah. I guess I should technically say two of them are against the Redskins. But um, All right, you know what? Then I change. You're going to take the... I'm taking the Giants. Okay, the Giants. All right. I didn't know that's that. What? That he has four wins and three of them are against football team? I just guessed when you were saying no, it. That, no, I'm not kidding. He has three wins against them and one against the Bucks. Um, oh, that, what, the four touchdown game yeah, against the Bucks? Yeah, his one? first game. His first game, yeah. Um, or it was week four because Eli started the season, if you remember. 
Yes. Yes. Um, and that was when he. Th- and that was when they caught Eli and Danny Dimes in fucking Hoboken. Yeah. Ball. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So, um, yeah, football team. Uh, good game. NFC uh, North game. Uh, the Lions coming off a bad loss to the Colts uh, against the Vikings. Coming off the Dalvin Cook win um, against the <laughs> Packers. Vikings are four point favorites at home. Joshua, uh, I will take the Dalvin Cooks. Okay. Yeah, I will take the Minnesota Dalvin Cooks. I'm going to take the Lions. Um, All right. I'm going to take the upset because. Every time this Vikings team this year, you kind of th- see they play a decent game. They play a decent half. They play a decent three quarters and blow it in the fourth like they did against the Saints. They fall back down to earth because that's who Kirk Cousins is. And while I don't think the Lions are particularly good, I think they're the kind of team that can give the Vikings trouble. Um, I, I, I love Dalvin Cook, but goddamn, please stay healthy for a full season. Um, I'm going to take the, the Lions. same problems in FSU, I know, though. I know. I like the Lions in the upset because I think the bottom of the barrel of this division is so bottom of the barrel, and that's between the Lions and Vikings, that you, these two teams could play 50 times in a season, and they'll win 25. It'll go 25-25. Yeah, so give me the Lions. I think the Lions will beat them in Minnesota, and Minnesota will beat them in Detroit. So we'll see. Don't you love that? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, next game, Josh, your team. The de- um, uh, Sorry. Um, yeah, your team, the Denver yeah, Broncos. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know why I, said, I read Browns for a second <laughs> on both your teams. Um, the Denver Broncos at the Atlanta Falcons. The Broncos with the fantastic comeback victory against the um, Los Angeles Chargers um, and the Falcons coming off their second win in the season against the Panthers. The Falcons are four-point favorites at home. Um, really good game. I liked, I liked what I saw from Locke in the second half. Um, I didn't like anything about the team in the first half, and how could you? But they came out in the second half, energized, played very, very well, good coaching adjustments. Josh. Um. Yeah, this game is going to be a shootout. Um, I have an itch on my balls. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look for Ridley to bounce back this week. Is he going to play? He fucked my parlay. I hit on everything. He, 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 well, he, played. Played. he played. He played. He, yeah, he, he got played. hurt. He got hurt. He was a fucking cunt. He fucking that just didn't score a touchdown. You fucking dick. I think <laughs> the exact words were, fuck him and his stupid foot. Yeah. yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, I haven't I haven't read anything about him being um, doubtful for this game. Okay. Oh, uh, good. Glad he was doubtful for the second half, cocksucker. <laughs> uh, so, uh, even if he's not back in, uh, I'll... <sighs> Fuck it, I'm picking the Broncos. Okay. Really? Yeah. Taylor? Ugh. Oh, God. Uh, I really don't know because the Broncos are so inconsistent, and I think the Falcons are a better team than the, than the fucking Chargers, at least offensively. Yeah. And I, I, it's hard to pick against it's hard to pick against the Falcons in this game, but I have to because there is something brewing in Denver where the coach should get fucking fired. And it's also going to be weird now that fucking Elway has COVID. Yeah, it's like, true. It just stinks. But so you're taking the. I'm gonna take the Broncos and uh, and for the life of me, I don't know what this fucking fossil doesn't see in Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay ran the ball eight times. I will say Gordon did have some nice catches down the stretch on that final drive. Yeah, it was great. He did, but yeah, that's the way he should be used is a change of pace late in the game. Lindsay should be getting the bulk of the touches. Well, so Philip Lindsay got the, ran the ball eight times in that game. He had a 55 yard scamper, had 83 yards on eight carries, or something like that, where he averaged about 13 yards a carry. Yeah, I don't know what there is more to see. He should be starting every game and give him like at least 10 touches in the first half, and if 
if he's not doing shit, go to Gordon. So to what? So to your Put point, Gordon in on third down. So to your point, the beginning of the season where we said that Fangio is old school and he can't run between the tackles. Yeah, I don't know about you, but if I've ever seen Philip Lindsay run between the fucking tackles, there's a fair few people that are better. Yeah, he honestly he, he has good vision and patience. And then he hits the hole. It's not like Le'Veon Bell prime patience, but it's that's good. different. Yeah, right. it's different. He's the most patient runner I've ever seen. But um, I'm gonna take the Falcons in this game. Um. I, I was back and forth on this one, but um, I just think that uh, in a battle, I think that their offense will fire on more cylinders over the course of four quarters than the Chargers will. And the fact that the Chargers did what the Falcons normally do for four straight games, um, I find it hard. To, it's going to be very difficult, I think, for the Broncos to have that kind of comeback, and I think it's going to be that kind of offensive output from it them. could be, yeah, um, absolutely. It's, but it's a coin flip. I went back and forth in this one, but give me um, the Falcons. And just real quick for the record, I need Broncos fans on Twitter to calm the fuck down and stop calling for the backup quarterback, Brett Rippon, because hey. we all know that Drew Locke, no matter what you say about it, even though it's a second-round draft pick and we're not really tied to him for a whole lot of money, Drew Locke is our quarterback for the rest of the season. Stop yeah, asking for Brett Rippon just because Brett Rippon had one well, good game. When you don't have a franchise quarterback, the most popular player on the team is the backup quarterback. And it's always. annoying because everyone's like, oh, he played so badly. Of course he did. I understand that. Yep. But you have to look at that, that. Like He led those drives all the way back down. Yep. It's not like Brett Rippon threw the fucking touchdown to C.J. Hamler. Correct. You, or K.J. Hamler. Like it, Everyone needs to calm the fuck down. That was Real, a great play. And, great play. Re- and realize exactly what we said last week. He hasn't had an offseason. It's a brand new offensive coordinator. Correct. It's a piece of shit head coach. And he's got really... Really depleted weapons, even though you got Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, and like, you got a pretty solid offense. Yeah. And everyone's hurt on defense. Calm the fuck down about Drew Locke. You'll find out next season for short by week eight if he's the guy. Yeah, and unless Elway decides to use a first round pick on a Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Which I wouldn't hate. No, why would you? I believe I am of the belief that you draft a quarterback until you know you have one. It doesn't have to be in the first round, but it so, could be in the second round. So that that goes into the conversation. I, I forget what the guy was talking about. It was on the Pat McAfee show, and he said Steve Keem, the GM of the of the Arizona Cardinals, had a really tough decision to make. You just drafted Josh Rosen in, in the top ten of the in the top ten of the draft the year before, and you have the chance to get Kyler Murray. He made a tough decision, got Kyler Murray, not got only saved second, and saved his job, and then got and then got draft capital for Josh Rosen. Yep, correct. Who's currently on the Bucks practice squad, Chicago Bears. Yep. Yeah, that's very true. Um, the next game is uh, the Las Vegas Raiders coming off that win over the Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers coming off that collapse of the Broncos. Um, that Raiders-Browns game was so fucking bizarre. I hated because, every second of it. <laughs> because the, the, the I think it was like 60-mile-per-hour wins there. No one could throw the ball. I'm still floored by the statistic that the Browns only had six possessions in the game. Ridiculous. That is insane. Um, I'm... <sighs> Josh, who are you taking? You're you're the front runner here, so. Uh, yeah, I know. I agree with you. Yeah. I'm going to take the Browns. That's good because we're talking Raiders and Chargers. <laughs> oh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, this is interesting to me for some reason. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. I know. I know. Uh, 79 days of hell. Just yeah. remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, char- Raiders and who? Chargers. Raiders at Chargers. Uh, I'll take the Raiders. Josh, you're going to have a new iPhone in two months anyway. Put that one (laughs) down. Wait, who'd you say? The Raiders? Raiders, yeah. Raiders, okay. Taylor? Uh, Raiders or Chargers? Yeah. Ugh. I hate it. Give me... Give me... Give me... Heads or tails. Imaginary coin. Take the Browns, dude. I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs> uh, give me the Raiders. Uh, I'm also going to take the Raiders, and we're all going to lose that game, just like we did like seven games last week. Yeah. So many upsets. I, last I week. was. I literally had our picks. Are the Browns off. playing this week? 
No. <laughs> I, I put all my money when, on when, Cleveland. When, when, he start, when he started, I was like, I was thinking this cocksucker is going to say Browns. Well, well, so so you let off with Browns, and he's clearly has been he, paying he attention this whole time. And he was like, he was like, what's Pennsylvania doing? <laughs> oh my God, what swing state's yeah. happening? Um, all right, next game. Um, when I wrote down these odds, it was a nine and a half point spread, but since then it is now a thirteen and a half point spread. Okay. Um, Steelers Cowboys. Um, the Steelers are now going to be benching Ben. Ben Danucci for who? Um, is Dalton Con- still out? C- Connor Rush, who? Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush. He, I put my faith in him last year, and I said I believe in Cooper Rush. And you said, "Who the fuck is that?" It's a Cowboys backup quarterback. <laughs> but 100, percent they're gonna lose. And, but no, it's still not even him. It's between him and the other practice squad quarterback. They haven't officially named one. They're, they haven't decided which quarterback it's gonna be. God, but it, it's not you really be... you hate to see it. I, I know. So um, we're all taking the Steelers, which, right? By the yeah. way, because this will be the kind of game the Steelers fucking lose, dude. That would make me so. If you lose to the Cowboys and you go seven and one, and your only loss is the Cowboys, yeah, kill yourself. Yeah. Um, all right, next game. This is a good one. Uh, Saints at Bucks. But um, the Saints coming off the win. Uh, the Bucks are five and a half point favorites at home. Uh, win over the Giants. Um, I'm going to take the Saints in the upset. Uh, I, I don't really have any analysis on it. I just like the, the Saints in these tough, grimy games. They've grinded out a bunch of them this season. They're on the road? Yeah, they're on the road, and I, I like it. Uh, um, I like uh, it. I like it a lot. I like it. I'm going to take the Saints. Uh, I'll take the Saints, too. And, of course, the Saints play one of the worst games I've ever seen when Taysom Hill actually has a good game. Yeah. So that's normal. But, yeah, give me the Saints. Josh? Uh, fuck both of these teams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Drew Brees stayed a year too long. Should have gone to CBS. I'll take the Bucks. All right. Um, next game, my team, the Miami Dolphins, coming off the win over the Rams um, with uh, an insane defensive performance. Stupid. Um, Fucking was, stupid. It, uh, so they're the first team since 2009 to score a game, uh, score touchdowns on offense, defense, and special teams. Okay. The last team to do it was the Dolphins against the Jets in 2009. That's awesome. Um, when Ted Ginn returned two kickoffs for a touchdown against the Jets. And burned Revis for a touchdown too. Revis gave up two touchdowns that all that whole season both to Teddy Ginn. That's awesome. Um, so uh, they're taking on the Cardinals who have half their fucking defense out with COVID yeah, right. which is fantastic for me. The Cardinals, so, like, so like no Buda Baker? Um, no, no Buda Baker's playing but I think it's like four players on their defense out. Four starters. Okay. Um, uh, I... It's not even biased. I love what the Dolphins are doing. I, I defensively specifically, they're doing something that is looks like what Belichick used to do. Uh-huh. Um, Flores is just masterminding it. The pass rush looks fucking great. Howard looks great. Jones looks great. Jerome Baker. Um, Jerome Baker looks fucking awesome. Yo, Andrew Jer- Van Ginkle looks awesome. Yo, Jerome Baker popped Gerald Everett at the end of that game. Emmanuel, and Emmanuel Ogba looks fucking awesome. Um, I, I just love what I'm seeing. They're playing with a fucking swagger on defense. It's They're giving up the least amount of points in the league at 18.2 points per game. Best in the league. Considering last year, they were at this point, they're giving up 31.2 points per game. Okay. Um, what a turnaround. Give me the Dolphins. Dolphins against who again? The Cardinals on the road. Yeah, that's it's that, hard to pick. It's a hard game. It's hard to pick because Kyler could go off. But, sure. Um, give me the Dolphins as well. Josh? Uh, I will take the Cardinals. Yeah, you took the Rams last week too, cocksucker. Uh, um, All right, in the last game, um, I feel like we shouldn't have to spend that much time on this. But I have a feeling we will. But it's 20. No, I don't think we have to, but it's the Patriots at the Jets. (laughs) It's going to be the Super Bowl. The Patriots are still seven point favorites. It's going to be the Super Bowl, and it's going to be the the, the New England. But here's here's, the. It is New England, you're right. Here's the kicker. Not not Kaskowski because he stinks too. Yeah, he stinks too. He's on the Titans. Doesn't matter. That's kick, true. Kick for the Patriots. He, for like he is years. awful. Yeah, but uh, the, the, the Jets are going to make this a close game. I, I guarantee I you, it's, it's going to be, be close. I think it's going to be close until about the third or fourth quarter, and we don't know if Sam Darnold's playing. 
right now I'm going to say he's probably not playing. So if Sam Darnold's not playing, I take away the close <laughs> game part. Um, I take it away. Hey, but Joe Flacco's had really good games against the Patriots in his career. And he's had really good games playing in Denver, too. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, he's had really good games playing everywhere besides when he's not in the Ravens. Let's be fair. He was a yeah. really good quarterback for a while. Only because the quarterbacks got several MVPs. He wasn't the MVP. Fuck him. He was great that fucking playoffs. He went, what? I think that whole playoffs, it was... 12 touchdowns, no picks. I know, but what I'm saying is he wasn't Super Bowl MVP. Jacoby Jones was. Yeah, I, no, I agree with that. You don't, you don't that. run back two kicks and not get Super Bowl I MVP. I agree with that, but um, yeah, this is a weird one. The Jets, they, they played okay in the first half. They haven't scored a touchdown in since the Broncos game. That's um, awesome. That uh, makes me so they're, happy. They're on pace right now. The, the worst point differential in NFL history is the 1976 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, with the creamsicle jerseys. Yes. That was in a 14 game season. That's awesome. And the Patriot, uh, the, the wait, what, Jets. Wait, what year was it? 1976, I want to say. Um, it was the 70s. Uh, it might have been oh, 74. Dude. Yo, that if it was 14 game season, yo, the juice ran for 2,000 yards. Yes, he did. Um, so think about this. They're on pace to break that record Ugh. of point differential, and you have Joe Douglas out there today saying that they're going to keep Adam Gaze more or less. And he also said, I, I, I completely undervalued Robbie Anderson. I appreciate that accountability, though, I understand. because you don't hear GMs usually say that. He thought that he was going to get like some huge deal on the open market they couldn't some, match. He got some little puny two-year deal. And, and look at him. He's playing great, but I'm still going to take the Pats. They played much better against the Bills after looking horrific the previous two weeks. Yeah. Um, I still don't think they're very good. I think it's going to be a really ugly game. Um, but it could also be the game where Cam all of a sudden is like, oh, is Cam back? And then the next week he's going to lay a fucking egg. Well, I mean, um, you got to look at it, too, because it just... I mean, is anyone having a better week than Avery Williamson? You go from, go from yeah, 0 8 to 7-0. and 0, Yeah, it's you fantastic. You know what I mean? So, I mean, the Jets, the Jets are trading away whatever talent that they currently have. I mean, you already got rid of Jamal Adams, Avery Williamson. I'm sure Quinn and Williams they should get, have get traded. They should have traded more. They should have traded Mays. They should have traded... They, uh, they traded lines over, so they can't trade anyone else. Of course. But what um, I'm saying is, like, if you got to look at it, if I'm Quinn and Williams, I want out of there immediately. He's one of the best three Texans league. League right now, yeah. if there's a, if there's one small bright spot in the Jets season, Quinton Williams actually owning. You should have traded his, Pierre Desir. You should have traded all these different guys. That's what I'm saying. And Quas uh, needs to calm down. No, everybody's bad. You have one yeah. of the best three techs in the fucking yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Right now. He's down. he. You know, after kind of disappointing last year, he's coming into his own. Big he's facts. playing great. Um, the two first, I think that there were two of the first three defensive tackles taken in the first round last year were Quinton Williams and Christian Wilkins, and they're both playing out of their well, fucking minds. Yeah, well, uh, Quinton Williams, he's also leading uh, for all three techs. He's leading the league in uh, T uh, TFLs. Yeah, tackles for tackles losses. For loss, with, like, yeah. 30 Hey, I'm just, I could just say Christian Wilkins had an interception last week. Yeah, he fucking <laughs> and did. He, and he talked about how, um, as a defensive back, just so you got to open your hips up. Like, motherfucker, you're 315 pounds. Yeah, man. But um, give me the Patriots. Yeah, give me the Patriots, too. Uh, is Jameson Crowder playing this week? We don't know. Uh, Nobody <laughs> knows anything. Yeah. I kept calling him Jericho Cotri. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, like sorry, sorry you're going to get his name. It's Wayne Corbett. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, Ch sorry. Sorry, it's Chancey Stuckey. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, you're either thinking about Lavernius Coles or Santana Moss. Or, or Santana, Santana Moss. Moss. Oh, God. Or, or, or uh, what the fuck was his name? Braylon uh, Edwards. Braylon Edwards San, was Antonio a Jet. Antonio Holmes. Derek Mason was a Jet during the Rex era as well. Oh, yeah. uh, Justin McCarrens. Oh, my God. I like the chan <laughs> Chancey Stuckey was one that I remember <laughs> Jets, fans, Jets fans were like, he's going to be great. I think he had like three touchdowns in four years. Yo, remember when they <laughs> thought Quincy Inouye was the guy? He was really good. And then yeah, his neck, but like his neck broke. It sucked. He was uh, He scared me. Um, he, he was fucking. He quick. had um, a lot of Brandon Marshall to him. Oh, there's another Jets guy, Eric Decker. Yeah. Um, Danny, I told you. Dan I told you I was gonna happen. Danny Woodhead. <laughs> oh, fucking asshole! Rex <laughs> caught him, and then he goes in the wing and lights he's great. it up. Lights it up. Uh, yeah, um, I'm gonna take the Patriots. All right, cool. All right, so there are uh, Week Nine NFL picks. Um, two games separate us. Uh, this is episode 126. So you watch, I listen. So I, I want to leave us with a statement, please, from a, from a very irrelevant person on Twitter. Okay. 
Bob just, or just, Colucci? Just in case you're wondering who is it is. Colucci? Okay, okay, okay. Yes. So this was his tweet today. It's very vague, and I just want to let everybody know it is what it is, and this isn't me. Today's the day. COVID. <laughs> Today's the day. I'll just say this. Go out and vote. You don't have to say who you're voting for because that's your choice, and that's how it's supposed to be. It doesn't change how I feel about you as a person at all for who you choose. Can you be any more vague? Um, it's just like no one's going to change how they feel about you anytime yeah, right, soon. Right. <laughs> you fucking jack off. Oh, my God. Um, guys, be safe. Go out and vote, you go, jackass. Uh, yeah, the voting's over. Um, yeah, fuck Go off. out, be safe. Love your neighbor. Love your friends. Doesn't matter who they voted for. Um, you know, we're, yeah, we're all doomed anyway. So just fucking enjoy the ride. I'm still. I, I was told the media were supposed to hit on election day. Hit me right in the fucking ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait, before did you tell everybody? I, I mean, we're not diving in, but did you tell it. Did you? You didn't. Did you tell the story? You probably didn't because I was sitting here about what? About, about your suit today on accident. Oh, I made a huge mistake. <laughs> I, I, I I just grabbed the suit that most recently went to the dry cleaners, and I grabbed the shirt that most recently went to the dry cleaners that matched up with it well. It's a dark blue suit. Um, and it was like a light blue shirt and I had a tie that was like a black and blue sequence. That's nice. And yeah. Brown shoes. Yeah. Brown that's belt, nice. It's nice. And I, I made them, I'm going to quick check first in the morning. Naturally. And, uh, I, I didn't get food. I just needed cigarettes. And, um, person's like, Oh, I guess we know how you're voting. Someone like, really said that to you? Yeah, yeah. And I was I like, thought you were just joking. I was just like, am I wearing, I, I voted for so-and-so sticker. And I was like, what? And he's like, Oh, the blue. And I was like, Fuck. And then yeah, someone else. And then the the girl at the register was like, "Oh, uh, you voted blue." And I was like, "Yeah, I voted blue." Yeah. And I got like three or four more comments from like business owners today about it. Um, yeah, uh, I wore Oops. blue. I wore blue. Imagine if I wore a red suit. Not only would I look like a shitty Saul Goodman, I people would fucking be pelting me with shit. <laughs> fucking cocksuckers. You, 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 Guys, would, you would look like you would own the worst used cars <sighs> lot. I, I would rather that than people ask me my voting is based on my outfit, you fucking assholes. You, you look like uh, uh, little Nikki's uncle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. All right, guys. This is episode 126. You watch, I listen. Uh, no matter the results of the election, don't be a cocksucker. That's all I ask. Yeah. And get off social media if you can't not be a cocksucker. And I'm talking to half of Josh's mind's graduating class. Yeah. Um, and QAnon's for jerk-offs. Bye, guys. <laughs>